Thanks to Audible for supporting FilmSack. For a free audiobook with a 30-day free trial, go to audible.com slash FilmSack or text FilmSack to 500-500. The sacking no one asked for, but here it comes. Dear Walter, wedding snap of me and your new mom. We won't be coming to New York for the 2.9 million reasons that you are more than aware of. Love, Dad. P.S. Give my best to the cheap girls. They were my favorite. Very pretty, your new mom. We used to be a respectable law firm. Now look at him. Looks happy to me. He steals the money, I get the bills. Ah, home crap home. This is Film Sack. Sure. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Film Sack. This is Film Sack, episode 371, mining the very depths of film entertainment for all mankind. I'm Scott Johnson, and I'm joined today by Brian, the man whose stares sucked Dunaway. Well, they did suck a little. All right. Oh, hi. Hi. This week's film disaster tries to destroy my dream of owning a home with Tom Hanks, the last known decent human being in Hollywood, and a living bobblehead. <laughs> so bring in your Mad Max wrecking crew and do your worst. Tom and I will find a way to survive an onslaught of karmic-like retribution brought on by the sins of the father. So let's keep this brief. I have a chick waiting in the jacuzzi and a turkey in a bucket. Hey, Randy, how long do you think it'll take for you to complete your intro? An hour. Hasta la vista. Supposed to say two weeks. I thought you were going to say two weeks. Yeah, supposed to say two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. Uh, Well done. Uh, Where the hell am I? Sorry. And also with this, Randy spent all day trapped in a carpet hole and never had to pee Jordan. Aloha, Scott Forth, uh, Brian Ding, and Brian Spee, Sherforth the third. Great. Scott Forth. Scott Forth. (laughs) Yeah, that's me. I have. I have to talk to you. I can't believe I'm going to do this. It's so stupid. Yeah. I lied to you about that other podcast. <laughs> Apparently, I got drunk. I called in with them. I ad-libbed a few jokes, and one thing led to another. And Apparently, I gave them the best episode they've ever had. I know I shouldn't be telling you this. It's only proved to me how much I love FilmSack. I know that sounds stupid, but it's true. I love you, FilmSack. I love you. <laughs> you won't hold it against me. You forgive me? <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, we got screaming, go. screaming, <laughs> screaming. Oh man, a little, a little pee came out. Uh, also with us, and finally, Brian, I love what you've done with the place, Ibit. <laughs> All right, so listen, this is a stressful movie, but mm. surprisingly, it's not the most stressful movie out there. As a matter of fact, BuzzFeed only lists uh, the Money Pit as number five in its list of stressful movies. Here are you the ones Google above this? it. Here are the ones above it. Number four. The Tax Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Uh, and it's equal at number three, The Phantom Audit. <laughs> Potter in the line at the Department of Motor Vehicles. And the number one most stressful movie of all time, Ernest goes to the front of the class, but he has a boner. Oh, oh. stressful. Oh, I love it. Ernest goes to the front oh. of the class. I would watch. You yeah, know, movie- the problem is, was, I would watch that shit. I would see right. a movie. <laughs> isn't New Job and moving, isn't that like on the top list of. Uh, 
most stressful things you can do in right. life. Right. So yeah. So like it's like uh, the things that get people divorced, right? Mm -hmm. um, right. Moving, uh, getting a new job, the thing yeah. like re remodeling a house or building a house together. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Also, just uh, uh, money stuff's always date, the thing. Living in your ex's apartment. Oh, that's what? right. Yeah, family stuff, right? Where like you got to move in with the the elderly parents or yeah. something. That that ruins relationships. That ruins everything. That right. just ruins oh, relationships. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Or having your parents move in with you. Yeah. Oh my gosh, <laughs> dude. This this happened once to us. We had my my parents had to live with us while they were finishing the house, like back in the nineties. For Ooh, a hot, double stress for like I don't know ten months or something. Oh. <laughs> oh, kind of wanted to burn the place down. Came French. Oh. <laughs> it was rough. rough. I'm curious. I'm curious whether Brian's onto something here. Uh, what do you think there was like a trend of of anxiety comedy at some point? Absolutely. Meet the parents. All of these movies. Hey, you know, Burb, even the Burbs. Would you say the Burbs so, is that? The Burbs is totally yeah. that, right? Oh, absolutely. No. Facing That's your neighbor. Sure. Don't, neighbors are horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay. not not to invoke another Tom Hanks unit, but it does seem like there unit. were. That seems like there were a lot of those, and it seems like he was in a lot of them. Maybe it's because he can do that kind of. I don't know. Like the whole this entire movie, I think hinged on his performance. Uh, nothing right. else in in the Money Pit is Ta all that notable. Descri describe the movie and his performance in it. I want to. I want to hear Scott Johnson's. Do it without referencing Matthew Perry in the whole nine yards. Okay, let's <laughs> see what I can do. Um, no, so the whole the, the the entire concept is he and Shelley Long of Cheers fame, who's who is who is playing Diane here. She just plays Diane. That's all she plays. Again, kind of always plays neurotic, um, hair trigger temper. Mm -hmm. PG horny is that a is that a thing that's we've ever said before? PG horny? No, as a great uh, rapper <laughs> no, no. though. Yeah. That was one of my favorite alternative musicians of the night. <laughs> right. I kept, I kept PG horny. I kept questioning, is this a PG movie? Yeah, because they're they're stopping well short of of leaving PG, but there there was a depiction of her that I found kind of off putting. Yeah. Well, I found it Isn't just to the be silky shorty shorts. It could be that. It could be that. I but found she, that on pudding. She <laughs> <laughs> She is basically she's Diane Chambers always. It's just okay, her right. freaking out because Sam left her. Did you guys whatever. ever see the one exactly. where she's like the troop leader? Troop oh, Beverly Hills. Uh, like Beverly that? Hills? No, yeah. no, no, no. Oh, you haven't seen that? Is that sackable? That's, that's, a, good, that's a good fit for her, if you ask me. That is, was a good, is that a sackable a film? Role. Should we ever look at oh, that? Oh, absolutely. One? Totally sackable. I'd love to sack that. All right. Never saw it. Take that to the, I'd love to take that up to my money pit bedroom and sack that. Ooh. Real good. Oh. Ah, with PG! The, with the construction workers watching. Yeah. Um, it's really easy to imagine that Diane Chambers leaves Cheers, meets Tom Hanks, or like marries yeah, a yeah. marries a, a maestro for a, an orchestra, right. then leaves him, divorces him, then meets Tom Hanks, and it's really just like a continuation of it the... It is. Of the uh, she, she plays that role so straight, that's what you can really easily imagine. Yeah, even even the bit where she works for the symphony, you know, like yes, all that stuff fits. It's a very Diane Chambers uh, job. Yeah, right. totally. But Max Max the maestro, I love that. Musician. <laughs> it's weird, the, the movie's basically three parts. It's uh this subplot about the dad uh, i don't yeah. get that oh by the way short shortest uh shortest film sack description ever scott fletcher listen to this the money pit a young couple struggles to repair a hopelessly dilapidated house that's it that's the entire freaking thing that's you all know, there is it, on imdb yeah. right the the father actually adds a very good uh 
chemical element to my, um, I guess, my conspiracy theories on what is actually being try- trying to be said in this very simple comedy. It is definitely sins of the father uh, kind of thing, and everything is related. It all rolls back around. Uh, this whole thing is a conspiracy set forth uh, by who he screwed over. Uh, and and it's actually paid off at the very end of this comedy. That's, I, gosh, you, you, you're you're putting a lot of layers of Nutella. I said it's a, a I said it's a conspiracy theory, which is usually makes it more interesting mm. than the actual thing that happened. Well, maybe. yeah, that, I I agree with you, and I love how that happens with simple movies where they really didn't set out to tell that story, no. but you yeah. can find it. Just look a, just look under one layer, and you find this whole other like symbology and so on. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, it's really the dad is just there so that we have somebody else to blame for why Tom Hanks doesn't have any money. Yeah. Basically. Right. Well, Tom, right Hanks is, Tom Hanks is definitely received the recipient of some terrible karma that just follows him throughout the movie. And since he is such a uh, loving character, it could not be put on. It could not be something that he generated himself it has to be something that's put right. on him. It's, it's really important to note about this film. If you can call anything about this film, really important that, <laughs> Tom Hanks is the one who is in all of the suffering and Shelley Long never is. Mm-hmm. He, he, there, it's even, it's even depicted like, it's like thrown in your face that when she goes into the kitchen alone for the first time, everything is working for her. Mm-hmm. And right, then, right. and then later on, like while she's taking a bath and he's in the kitchen, everything falls apart. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, but she's fine. But then yeah. when he goes upstairs and just uh, touches the bathtub, it falls apart. Yeah. And there's even and, a scene where he explains this to her that she needs to run. But she stays. Mm. Yeah. And so she, she, she accepts that part mm, of it. Mm. She's so she, a just karma recipient bystander. Like basically right, she right. is. No, she's an aura of protection. The only right. reason. Oh, that's a good play. Yeah, yeah. The, the only reason the bed doesn't spontaneously catch on fire with him in it is because she's also there. <laughs> and she lights the gas oven, no problem. Remember, yeah, this a lot is of in, things go right for her. No, this is interesting. I had not considered any of that while watching it, but you're right. She. Now, toward the end, though. With her in that rat's nest of cables, which made zero sense physically, but whatever, uh, <laughs> she ends up sending off a chain of events that you know are are, are pretty rough. But again, mainly just affect him. It's all now, him. Hold on right? a second. It is kind of all him because yeah, she turns off that that uh, table saw, mm-hmm. but it's right, him right. not paying attention and to where he's walking that sets it all off. To where he's walking that kind of sets it all off. If that table saw was still running. It would have still cut through that board and kind of set all those other things. Yeah, it was. It's out to get him. This is yeah, a very different movie. The closest thing we had, <laughs> this is different than I remember it because the closest thing we had to her actually getting having any problems was when he was banging on the steps and stuff was falling on her, but he was causing it. It wasn't right. like yes, right. it, yes. the house that wasn't very, doing it to her. It the, was the very know. first inklings that the house is falling apart. They lost the thread of her being okay, but you'll notice. Even when things are falling right on her head, she's fine. It's not actually hurting her or anything. It's like you know, it's like throwing some plaster white on her head, but she's she's totally fine. They almost they almost lose that thread there. Oh, she but did. Actually, they did have the dumb. Okay. I forgot about the dumb waiter and the and the raccoon though. Oh, that the was, raccoon was great. Yeah. yeah, that that was. But they, you notice, they never came back to it. They no. just said, okay, Ch- chicken the yeah, bucket. this is like, oh, oops, yeah. oops. No. We didn't and there, was, this. Was there were a bunch of things like that, that that they introduced that are funnier than the rest of the movie. And then for whatever reason, they didn't like the, the Mad Max cars 
were oh, that was so good. <laughs> and for some reason, once they've been all been seen, you're done. We're never gonna why give you why another does it look. make me why does it make me laugh to see a really buff guy riding around in a little cart <laughs> thing? Why does that make me because it's funny? What is there's it's some, not funny. Why is it funny though? But I couldn't figure so, it out. I laughed. He's big and it's small. It's, it's big. It's big. <laughs> <laughs> and he's such a. He was really big. Like that guy was a yeah, beef yeah. beef he was nugget. Super buff, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, I love how I love but, how the scene where they're all like in front of the Mad Max wrecking crew and uh, they're they're trying to rush them out in in the Lincoln they have. Uh, by the way, no Matthew McConaughey in the trunk of that one. But they were uh, <laughs> trying to rush him off, and in the background, Buff guy was like posing. He was doing nothing but like yeah, he was he just was doing totally like, aware of the he was like Mr. Just... Universe on stage kind of moves. Right? Yeah, <laughs> I noticed that as well. It cracked me up. So much fun. It's a weird movie, and it's it's funny because when I was younger and saw this, I'm sure I saw it because I remember things about it, but not a lot. But I remember things, uh, some things about it. Um, I'd have been a teenager, and I remember it being kind of. I don't know, having a feeling of kind of almost like a meanness to it or like a, a dirty, rotten scoundrels or what's that one where the hmm. where the cu- uh, couple War of the to, Roses. Yeah, me. War of the Roses. Yeah, that kind of vibe to it. Huh. And I remember feeling that then and thinking this isn't you know what it reminded me of when I saw it or or later on when I saw the uh, the cable guy with Jim Carrey. I remember oh, yeah, thinking, oh, that's like the money pit where everyone everyone's just a little bit mean and it's it's supposed to be funny, but it's almost a little too mean and not as funny. And here's where I come now. I see it now. I laughed out loud multiple times in this movie. And most of them were Tom Hanks moments that were really funny to me. Always Tom Hanks. And I don't know why it was so freaking funny, but I laughed harder in this than I have in a regular modern comedy in a while. And I, and I, that really surprised me that I found it as funny as I did. And and don't you agree? It turns out to not actually be that mean. Like there's really not a lot, like the universe is mean toward Tom Hanks. Right. But the people aren't. Yeah. It's generally like almost except for the dicks who run the company. Yeah, uh, the, the shirks. Yeah, the and, shirks. And by the way, why do we get uh, like a minute of Joe Montaigne and then never see him again? Like I'm thinking, all right, that's because he's out, uh, you know, <laughs> trying to uh, get the screw. Well, to, I have uh, I have some things that don't want it. I have some specific trivia about that. Check this out, Joe Montaigne, who we know as a, I needs the monies, Homer, the monies, that guy. The monies. Uh, he plays Art Shirk. He was once on the television show, uh, did a guest appearance on Bosom Buddies in 1981, which starred oh, Tom Hanks. Did he? Uh, and Joe's character was called the Sheik. So oh. it's funny that he was the Sheik wow, and the Wow, that shirk. is some weird Bosom Buddies trivia that yeah. no one really needs to know. <laughs> right, here's, I, here's I find it fascinating. The, the Shirk. Well, here's <laughs> the here's the best part. They never have worked together since, not because of any problems, but they've never been in a film or a TV show since this movie. So it was right. like they had these two run-ins, Shirk and Sheik, boom, done, out. Here, that's it. That's all the Montaigne well, you're it, gonna get. And it felt like they they filmed Joe Montaigne's scenes in about two hours one day, and then that was it for him in this movie. Is, yeah. Is well, there any yeah. trivia in um, the license plates? Because I noticed in this film they showed the license plates a lot. Generally, you try to avoid that. Well, they were film. fake, I think. I don't think they're well, real. They were yeah. fake, and I was trying to figure out what they were supposed to mean, though. Mm, were they like? Uh, Joe Martinez was AS1. AS1. Art Shirk 1. Art Shirk 1. So that's boring. (laughs) Yes, it is. It is. So they went, they had had the prop department go out and make a whole license plate, and the prop department didn't take an opportunity to go, 
what would he have? Like, uh, you know, it's an opportunity. It absolutely was. There yeah. were right. there were several things done away that were boring and like mean that don't lead you anywhere in this movie. Like right. the the whole thing with with cars approaching and leaving in that dirty road that leads mm-hmm. up to the house. Like that could have been something, but they couldn't figure it out. And so you know, they film like, it all on the same day. They just said, right, "Okay, yeah. this is rolling up day." Yeah. And the, and you know when they had the Mad Max scene, there was one car they couldn't get because they, they needed to shoot in during the day, and it was a car that has lights all over it. So they're like, you know what? Right. Let's come back at night and shoot just that car, mm-hmm. and we'll have an arrival scene as though it's a pizza delivery taxi. <laughs> and it was like, you, you know, like that's not really funny, and they couldn't figure out what to do with it. Mm-hmm. So Richard Benjamin, our director, who would have probably made most of those choices, guided by the hand of Steven Spielberg and uh, Kathleen Kennedy, yeah, uh, executive producer executive Steven producers. Spielberg, sure. Amblin, right. Amblin uh, Entertainment, this one, yeah. Right, right. So what else have we seen him direct? Uh, not a lot from what I could tell. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's done I some directing, but nothing that just like bounces out at you. Yeah. Like Mermaids? Actor. That was okay. Milk Money? Like, oh, yeah, he acted like a lot. I like recognize him more as an actor. Like, he was in the original Westworld as the main the right. main character in Westworld that was going off against Yul Brenner. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, that's true. Isn't that weird? Anyway, though? It's weird. It's weird how these anyway, guys. This, this isn't a film that needs a director so much as a production designer, and that person needs to get all the credit. Mm-hmm. Like the the direction was like Tom Hanks. Be be yourself. Like do yeah. be as funny as you can be. <laughs> Go nuts. The, the production design is off the hook. I've never seen a movie where so much hinges on hinges. Hmm. <laughs> wow, I'm think, looking. Um, there was an original version of this where. Was going to be that big Rube Goldberg device thing of all right. the things going on. You would think that would be your finale, right? Well, the the movie That's itself it. was a giant. I mean, I think the movie is a Rube Goldberg device. Like the whole damn thing is yeah, just marbles moving. The scaffolding and the cement wheelbarrow and stuff like that. I feel like they could have, if, if they weren't going for the happy ending of, oh, they fixed the house and they fixed the relationship, they could have easily made that the big finale of like, all right, we're. You know, we're so close. The house is almost done. And then all these things happen. The house pretty much collapses could, in on itself. You and could they... really, right. You could really easily take clips from this film and turn it into a horror movie where a house is trying to kill somebody and just <laughs> I change think it would the be music great. up. Yeah, just the I think music. Great just to take a few shots of Shelley Long, like in the middle of the night, sneaking out and cutting just enough of the staircase <laughs> to make it collapse. With on it. What about, what, wait, 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 wait. What about the old woman that sold them the house? I felt like she was the, the ultimate big bad. And like, oh, absolutely. It, it, it was missing her being a con artist well like she the, was at the, the end she right. was at the end conning she, uh she was a con lady absolutely we're supposed to believe so she goes gets a house strategically destroys it from the inside to where you can't tell that mm-hmm. it's yes exactly <laughs> that's, that's, her, that's her con that's yeah. interesting right there yeah. I make money buying a house for a lot of money, destroying it, selling it for pennies. And then... I don't know, but it has something to do with that pissing cherub. That's all I know for yeah. sure. Oh, the pissing yes, cherub. The, the pissing cherub. That yeah. was... Everyone needs a pissing cherub in their in their life. Why was that? Why was, was the that point so of having her show up at the end was just some sort of like coincidence, karma, or not even really karma, coincidence thing? Because, like, okay, are we? That's the reason to why know that the house in Rio de Janeiro was bad, right? We're supposed to think yeah. that it's all starting over again. However, since since she's attacking uh, Tom Hanks's father, that's the reason why I say it's all tied together. Because uh, Maureen Stapleton, who plays Estelle, 
and uh, her husband, who is the pool man, the Nazi pool man, uh, Carlos. There's a lot of right. There's there's like this there's like this common thread between um, the the foreman at back at the house of Tom Hanks, where he's always going hasta la vista when he leaves a house. The same thing is is uh, said at the very end of the movie, making me think that it's all tied in together. That they're actually trying to uh, you know fleece Tom Hanks and his father. To, to like make money back this owed them yeah but that guy the, at the end the uh, foreman ends up wow. being the foreman at the end <laughs> at the end ends up being like the 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 guardian angel he's like uh so like the whole time he's super skeevy and like you never trust him right he drives away going it'll take a miracle <laughs> but isn't he like isn't he like an arm or a character you've seen in like mobster movies where he doesn't really he likes you he likes you he doesn't want to screw you over but the boss man says I have to. Well, right. But my point is then they break that because at the end he stands in that hallway and says, well, foundation's good. He's like telling this, right. this allegory of their life. And I'm like, all oh, right, right. right. Okay. We need the guy who, who ran the, the fixing of the house to tell us the moral of the story. Like, I get yeah, well, it. And, and that's why I say the film, the film ultimately makes a decision. Like the, the writer, director, everybody making the movie makes a decision that they're going to hang all of the entertainment on Tom Hanks, you know, taking a beating and not, and not worry too much about the finer details of the plot. And I just, I can't get over how many times you see the faces of Tom Hanks and Shelley long while these crazy things are happening. Like there's some stunt people in this movie. There's one in oh, particular my. who hangs from when the, when the stairs collapse, who jumps and hangs from the, the upper balcony. I'm like, wow, that guy's a crazy stunt man. But for the most part, you're looking at Tom Hanks's face while there's some fireworks going off in the wall right in front of him. And that that was very impressive to me. And I feel like it it makes up for all all of the sort of plot shortcomings. Sure. Uh, that by the way, that house was um, up for sale in 2016. Uh, I was trying to but who would who would want to buy it? I mean, well, even the, even if you know it was all fake, it's like ah, it's just a bunch <laughs> of fake sets and stuff. Well, as like, a, as the story goes, they were, so the people that owned the house had it on the block while Kathleen Kennedy was hunting around for a, a suitable place, and so they were desperate to get rid of it for some reason. And she said, "What if we came in, covered the the mortgage for the time that we're here, and then also anything that we change, we re." We will build up again. Like if we get rid of actual right. stairs, we'll build a new staircase. Like the house is going to be renovated anyway. So what if we paid for all of that? And they they agreed, and that's how they got the deal done. the The house going up in 2016. I was trying to see what the price was. Gosh dang it! I thought I had a link to it. Shoot. Where where exactly is it? Because what they pay 200. Uh, it's up. It's in um. It's in Miami actually in florida is where this is it's a florida house yeah it's a florida home which which explains those crazy trees that do not exist sure. in upstate and when new you're, york when you're doing exteriors in a, like the movie it requires a lot of exterior shots you're going to want to film in a place where you get relatively good weather all the time but right florida let me see if i can find it here here we go zillow had a listing oh yeah that's totally the house 199 <laughs> fleeks lane locust valley uh let's see fleek here it is Fleek this house is on. This house is on fleek. <laughs> this house is on fleek. So they <laughs> they paid. Uh, they paid. Oh, okay. So Tom Hanks paid what? Two hundred grand? Wasn't that the price, or was it two hundred yeah, grand yeah, for him and two hundred from 000. her? Okay, yeah. I don't know if it was four hundred because they split it or whatever. But anyway, that house sold in twenty sixteen for 
three million two hundred forty three thousand five hundred fifty seven dollars. So there's mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, which makes sense. I mean, in twenty sixteen dollars, that's a huge home. It's an exclusive area. Blah blah blah. But in the movie, I think they did a good job of kind of faking us out. In fact, there's other stuff that says they didn't even use the front of the house for all that torn apart business. That was all set up in the back. And it was all false right. fronts and stuff like that. So they, they made it seem like that was the front of the house. But really, all that torn up stuff and the piles of shit and all that was all constructed <laughs> in the rear. Which is pretty interesting. Constructed in the rear. But I find hey, Scott, that, that you- kind of stuff's interesting to me. Because in a world of non-CGI, yeah. we can't really augment this. Uh, today you'd do it in a way that you wouldn't even know cgi was involved it would just be like look at that shitty house it'd be like the way game of thrones is you know walking down some path in georgia and now suddenly it looks like this huge vista with the red keep behind it and you never even think about it it'd be like it'd be like that but yeah just in a way you were saying oh so so scott sent us a weird uh where are they now webster picture in our oh you want to know how i got there (laughs) I, I think I have an idea. Is it because you were follow you were trying to figure out who uh, uh, Benny was? Yes, the little kid Lombardo. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, I was trying to find who the kid was. This is the last thing he made. Was this? Yeah. Uh, and pre- previous to it, he done an episode of Webster and an episode of. Um, I remember him on Punky Brewster. Punky Brewster. Yeah, he was a regular on there. <laughs> right. And, oh, was he okay? He was a regular. And I right, and yeah. so I got to the Webster thing and went, oh yeah, Webster. Where's where's that kid now? And man, he is still he's still there. He's just shaped weird. He's still there. That, still <laughs> oh, what, uh, the kid who played Webster, yeah, uh, Manuel yeah, Lewis. Yeah, I put a picture of him in there. But yeah. he was such a cute little dude. What's happened since? He still has the same face, like exactly the same face. Mm-hmm. But his mm-hmm. arms are like eight feet longer than his legs, and like there's yeah. something, something's weird. Something's weird there. So Webster could totally make a comeback, is what you're saying. Yeah, I'm right? sure he's got, you know, he had some kind of smallism thing going on then. So, I, you know, I'm sure it's affected let's, him. And I'm let's, not, let's I'm not, talk sl- about I'm not that. slagging let's him. Let's talk about that vignette, because that was weird. That was probably the strangest thing in the movie for me. Benny's, Benny's yeah. thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah because it, it seemed like to it was it was to set up a bunch of jokes, and then it only really pays off one, you know? And then that's it. Like, I don't know. I felt like... They sh- they should have returned to him or something. Yeah, way undercooked right. that bit. It didn't make any sense to even it, have it. In yeah, there. they were trying to uh, they were trying to deepen our understanding of Tom Hanks's job that mm-hmm. he does, which is being a lawyer for musicians, uh, yeah. and also apparently does taxes. Mm-hmm. Weird. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, yeah, that's okay. Like, okay, all, all right. right so that. why not? Yeah. So good, good enough. So my lawyer solves crimes, and you know my. Lawyer also does taxes, but yeah, that that whole scene, right? That whole scene was just to uh, just to bring all that together, I guess. And sure, it just but it, it just it just it was so unsatisfying because it sets up yeah. all of these jokes about this this child being in charge of a fortune and yeah. and working on his whimsy. And the only payoff we get is ultimately Tom Hanks realizes he has to treat him like a child and be mean to him to get it, to get what he needs. And then, I love it though. I won't be your friend anymore. Mm. Yeah, I found that guy, by the way, the the kid that played in Billy Lombardo. Uh, he is now founder and managing editor of uh, Polyphony H. I guess that's high school. Uh, a student-run right. in, internal literary magazine for high school writers and editors. The most important lit mag in the effing planet, says his bio. He looks just like he looks <laughs> so, like an old right. version of himself, and he has so, literally exactly. 
420 followers. Yeah. Well, he was he was in a unique position because we were uh Chachi Scott Bayo had had aged out of that character role, right? So we needed a a, a cheap Chachi. So <laughs> a cheap Chachi. So he would that be a Chachi? Yeah, a Chachi, <laughs> exactly. So he shows up and that's only gonna last so long. <laughs> that's really funny. Uh, he looks like he's a big uh, proponent of like high school this and that, and is a big um, high school uh, like uh, program dude. That, that's cool. I, I was afraid I'd look him up and it'd say Billy Lombardi uh, at the age of twelve decided to take right. too much cocaine and murdered a guy. Yeah. Reno he was, and, yeah. Yeah. Right. he was he was the other driver in the crash that killed Sam Kennison. Or right, something like right, that. right, right. <laughs> Do we have a modern equivalent equivalent of these little Brat kids that they were from the eighties. Yes. Yes, do we have we brat do. kids now? Who who yes. is it? Who turn on turn on Nickelodeon, turn on MTV. <laughs> yeah, okay. like, yeah yes, but they're they're portrayed do. as the heroes, right? Not the not the the foils, right? Or the oh, real, oh, I, thought, I, thought real you were, I thought you were just asking if we have annoying like, kids. Young actors have... with okay. All right. <laughs> Okay, but I, I wouldn't look to MTV. I'd look to Disney. I'd look to Nickelodeon. Their live action stuff. Cartoon Network has some of that now, and they're right. probably the ones. But, but moreover, like, like in a movie, who who, who in a movie is that kid? I see what you mean. Who who's right. small? Who's Smalls from freaking Sandlot? I bring that up because Brian just watched it. Because <laughs> I just watched. It. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Finally watched the Sandlot. Yeah, we, Good job, yeah, Evan. Well we done. don't we don't really put out these half dimensional characters as children anymore like movies just have evolved past it and that's that's kind of what i was asking about the spirit of the film is that it was is it part of a phase that's over no i, th- like, I think do- so yeah i mean yeah. i think i think it, they could make they could remake uh the money pit now there could be a, a new money pit and it would be with all the modern trappings of what that means in in a modern era and that, but I don't. Right. There's no way. There's a scene with a kid. You got to go borrow money from. There's just yeah, no right. way. But, like, I, the new money pit, by the way, the new house would have black mold, uh, dry <laughs> rot. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right, uh, right. it's a, a, a carbon monoxide uh, leak someplace. <laughs> right, it's radon, radon poisoning. Radon yes. poisoning. Yes, yes. <laughs> Totally radon poisoning. The water would give you Jardia or something. Right. Like we could but go, you know, like, and, and they'd have we, to make it. Like I don't even know if it works as a comedy anymore. It almost have to be. <laughs> it, yeah, like uh, and that. Oh, you know what? This brings me full circle all the way back to why this movie works at all for me, and why I th- actually liked it, and why I enjoyed it, and why I th- laughed is because Tom Hanks is really good in it. Like he's great at this thing, this particular thing, this kind of f- uh, combination of physical comedy, sort of charming wit. Like the stuff that made Tom Hanks who he was in that era, the Splash, uh, Money mm-hmm. Pit, uh, Big, Bosom Buddies, Bosom Buddies, all that time. What what drew us to him is what he's doing here, and without it, the movie tanks. It's not. Did, I don't think he's buy, it's any good without him. Uh, did we buy Tom Hanks and Shelley Long as a romantic couple? Yes. Sure. Why not? This, right. it, yeah. it, the movie goes too far, as far as I'm concerned, to sell their chemistry. It's like. Okay, I get it. They like each other. Like they really <laughs> like each other. It's the, like it actually took me out of the the good humor of it at some point. It's like, okay, they're the you know like I, I get it that they like to you know they they kiss and make up and everything. It is like, but come on, like I like in, that part about it. I a, I miss I miss that in movies. I yes, miss no that no, no I, I I agree. I'm just saying they're in an right. ongoing supernatural disaster, and there's some point. <laughs> 
you know, where mm-hmm. where, where the stopping to make up and kiss and him fondling her is like, uh, you guys are missing out on what's going on all around you. You, you know? missed the fondling part. When did that happen? There was fondling. <laughs> oh, when all- yes, I could yeah. I could sh- I could show you a couple of shots of. Well, I know of, there's you know, a I know there was a part where. Time, do you need a timestamp? Uh, <laughs> I need screen grabs. I need exact timestamps, please. Yeah, I feel like Tom Hanks and Shelley Long are way more believable couple couple than Alexander Gudinov and Shelley Long. No. Oh, what we haven't I even know. talked about the Amish guy from Die Hard. We haven't even brought right. him up yet. Max. Right. Yeah, he old, yeah. he's an interesting. Sir Walter, I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> he's what, so yeah, what bad, is, dude, What, is, what is that accent? And is it believable? It's in, German. Why? They're not German, Russian. Sorry, he's a Russian Ukrainian can, dude or can, something. By the, can we have a trip alert right on the top of him? Yeah, let's Ooh, sure. dump it right, right on, on him. him. The blonde man is your bad guy, and not real. Like, there's this is a movie with a lot of shades of bad guys, but yeah. from the moment you see him striding into that theater. You're like, oh yeah, he's our bad guy. Look at all that blonde hair. That's right. that's what lets you know. Yeah, he's from, uh, by the way, Salkame, Salkahenshahima Oblast, USSR, <laughs> now Russia. So Russian, and he's and he's right. got that. I mean, as soon as he walked in, I went Die Hard, uh, Witness. Yeah, yeah, the two movies yep. I think of him from are Die Hard and Witness. Yep. That's pretty much it. And I know he's done other things, but. I still am just so bummed about that dude. He died at age 45, too freaking young. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. 95. Wow. Like just, to, you know. Patients from hepatitis 90s. due to chronic alcoholism. Yeah. He's a good oh. dude knew how to put it, put the drinks down. Uh, so much ballet dancer before being an actor. Like he was a. Uh, Didn't it hmm. feel like every so, defecting made it to Hollywood <laughs> Russian guy in the 80s was a dancer first? They were always dancers. Yeah. Weren't and, they? And, and, and an alcoholic. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and so much, up. so much for uh, the the notion of a beer belly. That guy was nice looking, like yeah, a, yeah, perfect yeah. body. Yeah, yeah. no, he's a good nice. looking, good looking dude. He used to hang wow. out. Him and Jacqueline Bassett were uh, were a number yeah. for a long time. We yeah. how have we not seen any waxwork movie? But he was oh, he was like question. yeah, he was Scarabus in Waxwork too. Yeah, Lost huh. in Time. Yeah, so we need to. Welcome to the next <laughs> <laughs> So okay, okay. So Shelley Long had been married to him, or they yes. were just they were they married. married they were married. They had, it, was, it was the reason right. why she wouldn't marry Tom Hanks because uh, oh, that's right. And the, and also how she got that painting yeah. that she sold back to him was in a divorce settlement. Yeah, okay. they were divorced. Right, right. That's correct. okay. So I and, and I'm just trying to I'm still trying to put out the whole movie together because it tells a bunch of little bits that I don't know that it tells very well. So at the very beginning of the film, they're in his place. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Which is weird, right? I mean, how do you? He's on tour. It's such a weird relationship. He's on yeah, tour, he's and on his tour. his assistant Yakov Smirnov. Smirnov. Yeah. Brief cameo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was and is not, is not playing his usual character, by the way. No, I kind of liked it actually. I thought that was yeah. pretty yeah. appropriate. But what an apartment! <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was expecting. <laughs> It was good and everything. Like I'm okay, but like I just I don't know why it just bugged me that all these people are in there and they're like moving around pictures and stuff. I'm like, who does that? What is that? What's yeah, happening? It's a little bit. It's a little bit weird. It's there, weird. There, it's weird it, because even if you invasion. go on tour, why would you? Why would you do that? Why would you leave and then let and, somebody else completely overtake everything and then come back and redo it? It's weird. And why did oh. they skip the motif of two weeks there? Because we'd already been doing the two weeks joke oh, all throughout yeah. the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Including even Shelley Long saying, "Oh, I quit. I started back smoking two weeks ago." 
other words, longer. They didn't do it here. They said, oh, he's supposed to be back next week. I'm like, you missed your two weeks opportunity. Yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely huh. missed it. Uh, I'm going to go back and edit. Do you think it's? Do you think that's important, though? Like, I, I didn't really think that was ever funny, so... Right. Mm. No, I don't think question. it was. It's not important. I think it's dumb. Yeah. It's just it was a way for them to say, you know what? Where it paid off the most is at the end. They're having the argument, and they've had these construction guys around them so much. It's it's like they've forgotten they're there. They're like furniture to them. And so we they, found we found comedy in the word too during the eighties. Well, sure, but the idea that they were all surrounding them and they could have their argument as if they're not there and they're all watching, mm. and at some point. Um, he says, fine, I'll move out as soon as the place is done. And he says, when's it going to be done? And the guy goes, about two weeks. And everyone laughs. That's the payoff for that joke. I'm not saying it's a good one, but that was the whole, that was the trajectory <laughs> for that. It was a, it was how, an opportunity for him at the much, balcony to say two weeks again. How much did the guy, uh, how much did the guy owe the kid, the newspaper delivery guy? Was it $2, $2 in yeah, uh, right. better off dead? That's right. Oh, and, uh, right. I, th- I think uh, I think there was a, the the vacation link time for uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger as the lady. Wasn't that two weeks ago? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. In Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Fascinating. Great. Yeah. <laughs> we liked the number two in. Uh... Okay. Yeah. This is what you're saying. <laughs> okay. I'm trying really hard to put together a theory there right. too. So yeah. you have to give I, me time. I'm still, yeah, still you're working it. on it. I understand. You're again, on it. again, it's a, it's a film that is really obvious about what it's trying to tell you, and so you you don't want to go too deep on coming up with your theories. It, like, it yeah. doesn't really have much under there. Not a lot. Yeah. It's not a lot of you know depth to this thing. But I did. There's a piece of trivia I had to bring up for Brian Ibbett's sake, and that's this. Uh, you got two, not one, two performances by White Lion in this film. Oh, is yes, that White Lion back there? The end, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. With a, with, with a, with a female uh, add-on, like a, because uh, White Lion didn't have a, there was no uh, female member of the band in White Lion, was the, there? The, no, and it did, it did nothing. She All she did was dance in the background. There was no singing or anything. She just was there. Exactly, yes. But right. also, in tambourine. Oh, what is, is the usual it threw me because I kind of I knew it was White Lion, and then I saw her, saw her, and then I thought, is she the lady that dances on their car or, or rides on their car? And then I went, no, that's White Snake. Snake. Yeah, so <laughs> I, got, I got my snake no, and my lion, lion all mixed is up. Is the White Lion the one that got in trouble with the fire? Um, yeah, burned down the the the, the event they were at or whatever they were, or yeah. they were there. I don't know if they were. Were they? I can't remember what the deal was. They were in trouble because they didn't. Or they had pyrotechnics uh, at this club. Where they weren't supposed to have. Yeah, they were illegal. We're going to do our big stage show here in this small little area and burn everyone. Yeah, that's basically. Yeah, that was bad. That was not that long ago either. A lot of people. Wow. Was that our our first year? I don't think it was in the the 2000s. I thought it was when we started our show, but maybe not. TMS. I don't remember. I can find out. That's the thing that's the internet. Do it, Randy. What are we talking about? I just. You're. You guys are talking about the station nightclub fire, right? I think so. I think so. I think so. Okay, that's more recent, right? right? I, I happened to, I happened to buy a car in Providence (laughs) on eBay. Where's this story going? I want to know where this story is going. So, let me tell you about a car in Providence. (laughs) This is is an absolutely true story. Um, I, uh, so I in early two thousand three. I decided to buy a specific car. There was this very specific car that I wanted, which is a 99 Saab 93 Vigan. 
And there's Wait not a, a lot of them. <laughs> a vegan. All right. I don't know vegan. why I've never heard of that, but that's cool. Okay. Keep going. So I decided I was going to buy this very specific car. And I found one on eBay, and it was in Providence, Rhode Island. And I, uh, to this day, I'm the only person I know who's ever spent $16,000 on an eBay transaction. <laughs> wow. And, yeah. But before I, before I went through with it, I contacted a mechanic there to go inspect it and, and, and sort of do, lay some groundwork for me because what I had to do was fly to Providence and, and then take delivery of the car and you know move money into escrow and sign some papers and then i had to drive all the way back to texas which was a three-day drive which was fantastic in my new sports car right mm -hmm. so it's two th it's, it's it's february 21st 2003 is the day i arrive in providence to do this car thing and the night before the station nightclub fire had happened and oh, wow. it's the only thing on the news it's the only thing everyone's talking about you can still see like wisps of smoke coming up from this one part of town. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, I told you all this. I told you all this to tell you it's great white. It's not white lion. There you go. I was wondering. It's great white who killed all 200 of their. Yeah, I, 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 editorial, I got an editorial correction. But first, let me tell you my story. Yeah. Let, uh, uh, let me. Well, I'll let it finish. And then I'll <laughs> that it was great white and not white. Yeah. Or white tiger, <laughs> lion or whatever. Yeah. White tiger. Great white, great white killed all of their fans in one night. Right, and and they it did rhymes. It. That's how you remember. And just it, so right? everybody knows, I get sometimes I get emails about this. One night because we laugh with any within any proximity of a tragedy. That doesn't mean that mm -hmm. we think that's funny. I get emails about this a lot. This really? Yeah, this oh, happens. The yeah. other day, uh, Ibit and I did a, an article on the show on TMS about um, oh crap, what was it? it oh, it was about that animal that got put in the. Uh, the oven because the lady thought the boyfriend was in it. Her ex boyfriend was in there. Yeah. yeah, and there's like two or three people that are just like, I don't Chihuahua. think any of this is funny. This is animal cruelty. I'm like, well, of course the part where she puts it, in the, the thing isn't funny. We're and we're not even trying to be funny. It's not for comedy. Like it's hard to explain <laughs> to people who get really wrapped up into the tragedy that you you have to be able to kind of talk around it a little bit. That's all we're doing, people. That's all, mm -hmm. that's all I'm saying. And I and, well, and, and also I approve of Randy's way of. Making an editorial correction by telling an entire story. <laughs> well, Here's an editorial just, correction, but that, first. It's just that I, I got to town, and I got this car, and the guy selling me the car wanted to – like the first thing out of his mouth was, did you hear about the fire? Like, the first thing out of his mouth, did you hear about the fire? Hi, my name's Randy. Yeah, yeah great yeah. white, man. Okay, yeah. thanks. There were a like, lot of great – what was, was the deal with white lion, great white, white snake? What was the deal with the white business? What was going on then? Racism. Was that racism. it? Racism. Absolutely. So much <laughs> racism during the 80s, you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> Must have been, uh, man. It's totally crazy. Yeah, it was the station. What What year did Vanilla you say this ice. was? What? 2000-something, right? What was it? Oh, three. The station, the, the, the station 2003. Station 2003. Nightclub. Okay, so it wasn't quite as late in the in the decade as I thought. But so Okay, yeah. so, so... Anyway, uh, moving on. I, I just want to ask you something about Gallo's humor, though, um, because... I, I get that, that that when you employ gallows humor, you're always risking the part of your listeners who have a more personal connection to the subject, right? Well, yeah, uh, yes. But, okay, keep going. I I know you're ahead but, of this, but yeah. yeah. But you 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 don't like you don't let that stop you, right? Like because that's because gallows humor is humor. Well, our right? jo our joke was never like the the when I'm when we get heat for that for this show or for any other show, it's it's never us going, dude, isn't it funny that a bunch of people died? 
<clears throat> or anything like that. Right. Like that's never the the right. the story. The story is what would possess a lady to put her cat in the oven? Like that's just crazy. I think that her ex boyfriend is trapped in the chihuahua or the dog. So yeah. we're laughing at the absurdity to keep from crying yes. from the tragedy. Yes, it's like right. a salve. Yeah. It's like a it's like a layer right. of of lubricant. It's like a yeah. It's a, it's what what humor we, is. It's the whole point of humor is to kind of yeah. find a way to smile and move on and not be trapped in awfulness. But it isn't us going, eh, dumb dog got burned. <laughs> That's not what we're doing. <laughs> no, not- last night we watched the Daniel Tosh stand up special and he oh, goes wow. on for a long time about how if uh, if you've ever used any form of the phrase, there's nothing funny about blank. Yeah. Then he says, I hate you to your very core. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, that whole... you can find something funny right. about everything. He goes on to make some of the most horrible off-color jokes about, you know, terrible things like. Uh, well, I'm not even going to such... say what. Yeah. yeah, he had such gr- had such horrible feedback from when he was joking about rape and that kind of stuff. And yeah, I remember when he was doing all that. I mean, it's like, all yeah. it's all context. It's all whatever. Some people think if you just even evoke even the the thought of somebody putting a dog right. in an oven that you've gone too far. And I get that. And I'll you know I respect people's differences. They're all going to have a different level of of whatever. Um, there's certainly some. There's probably a line somebody could cross, and I would go, okay, that's good. See you later. Well, Bye. and what's the and right. really when you and you analyze it, what is the what is the thing that they are upset about that your laughter is, you know, that, that, that you making light of something like that is going to make it so that other people say, Oh, you know, pretending my ex-boyfriend is in a chihuahua is not a bad idea. I'll put my dog in the toaster oven. Like, too, like our laughter is going to influence yeah. somebody to do well, the same thing or two different right. perspectives. Uh, comedy. Re- one of the reasons why we laugh is when we're surprised. So when you give us something that is totally surprising, like someone, putting something an animal into an oven because they think it has you know a spirit in it that is a surprise to us and makes us laugh however on the other hand uh if you're closely related or you're to to the to that thing it may repulse you to think about that and give you anger so it's definitely i mean i love i have a i have a dog and i have a cat and i love them i think they're amazing i spend time with them and all that the idea of one of them being hurt or killed in a way like that is is freaking hideous that's not the story. The story is lady yeah. thought her boyfriend was in the dog, and, and that's why mental, she did it. Her mental illness is not funny either. It is her drug-induced temporary right. mental illness, I should mention. Right, but right, yeah, right. Sure. And if it was a large dog, it wouldn't be funny because she wouldn't be able to put it in the oven. If it right. was a Saint like, Bernard, we would not be talking why about it. Right. Like like right. this week, I was I was dying <laughs> laughing at a dumb article that was about a violent 50-year-old who took a tire iron out to beat somebody up for uh, winning at a Pokemon gym. Yeah, oh but yeah, the, we talked about that I wasn't too. laughing at the, the violence. I wasn't laughing at the violence. I was laughing because in, in the quoted headlines, it says something like, which one of you is Andy? Yeah. Like, for some reason, that just struck me as funny because I'm like, oh my God. It is so <laughs> absurd. the avatar, Andy Samberg. So would it would be right. funny if you just said, which one of you is Andy Samberg? Yeah. If, if somebody approaches me with a weapon of any sort and asks, which one of you is anything, I don't care if my name is that. It is not now. You don't go, I'm, a, I'm Andy. Yeah, you just Oh, say, I'm Andy. Yeah. How are you? Yeah, this you is going to be a rational conversation. with a tire iron and asks if your name is Ray Vinkman, you I mean, say no. I'll give you an example. Right like we're, we're talking about this dog in the oven thing, and it, it's, it's I've, I got extra humor today because uh, Ibit a few minutes ago said, 
I think just because you were just talking, you said something about putting a dog in the toaster oven. And that made me laugh because I'm thinking, so (laughs) that's funny, but it's like, okay, you get a chihuahua in the toaster oven, you get, you know, a medium sized dog in the oven. And if you got a great Dane, you're screwed. Like there's something funny about that, even though you got to go to a restaurant kitchen to put the great Dane in. Right. But none of us are saying, oh, it's great to put animals in ovens. Right. Well, and. And so here's the, I want to tie this all together and back to the movie. So uh, I really, I really don't know that I can go with you on Daniel Tosh being a defense of anything, because when you're talking about gallows humor or offensive humor or what have you, you're, what you're, what you're talking about is this concept of punching up versus punching down versus punching self. Mm. And comedians all grapple with, uh, you know, the, the finer points of all this, but the generality here is as long as you're punching down, you can you can generally get away with anything. I mean, I mean you can't. I'm sorry. As long as you're punching say, down, you punching cannot up get away well, with. Okay. You, yeah, you yeah. should not think that I can get away with anything. Mm-hmm. Right. And as long as you're punching self, you can you can do whatever you want. So the so punching you know, down would be like making jokes about the homeless or something yeah, like that. Poor, right? like, somebody somebody uh, would le- more tragic even even yourself. even worse. Like what Daniel Tosh tends to do is make all of his jokes about oppressed classes of people, about, you know, people who are like historically, uh, you know, undervalued and this kind of thing. And that, you know, like that's, that's his thing, you know, like he's going to keep doing that. But I'm saying that the subject, the reason that, you know, it's, it's so interesting. Reason why Jeff Foxworthy is funny is because he is a redneck punch himself. Yeah. Right. And and I did, I would debate whether he's funny, but the, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but coming around yeah but but i'm saying like gallows humor like in that's that moment where i said you know great white killed all 100 of their fans that that is in a way punching down and so you have to you have to make sure when you're me that you don't do it all the damn time right mm-hmm. you have to you have to sure. you have to be careful it needs to come up it needs to come up and surprise everybody because like you say comedy is about surprising people and this movie really, really keys in on punching self. Mm-hmm, this right. movie is just bent on Tom Hanks is the source of all comedy, and Tom Hanks is going to step on a rake and hit his own nose again and again and again. And While trying to stay positive. Mm-hmm. Right. We're not going to, there's not a single instance in this movie of, say, one of these, you know, uh, black or car- the freaking village people show up to work on the house. There's not a single instance of any of them <laughs> suffering. No, no. I, I mean, look. To to put this to bed, just don't be a douche and 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 sometimes, <laughs> sometimes things are funny and sometimes they're not. And just you know, like relax. Say, don't take yourself you too seriously. Something, you know, if you if you say something inappropriate, it's okay to apologize and go. I am very sorry for that. Oh You're yeah, right. I do that I all the not, time. I did not see your perspective because comedy, a lot of times. <laughs> comes very fast yeah yeah uh, no, i have no problem with that uh, yeah, absolutely yeah. i say all kinds of i'm not the, not that i'm a comedian i don't mean that but what i mean is i'll say a thing on a show and somebody will pipe in and go that really you your perspective on that is super limited this is the real way this works or whatever and i'll right. go oh shoot dude i'm sorry i didn't i wasn't thinking that and i've said it on the air before so don't be afraid to to do that too you don't have to dig in it's like, oh, I made a dick move. I should dig in and be a bigger dick. Right, and double <laughs> double down on it, yeah. Yeah, the double dick downer, we call it over double there. Double dick downer. And if, 
And if you actually care about other people and you don't want to offend people in general, then just punch up when you're trying to be funny. Make the make Donald Trump the butt of your joke. Yeah. And you'll always, you know, you'll always. But everybody's avoid... doing it. Yeah, that one's. <laughs> no, I'm saying you'll always at least avoid offending <laughs> right. somebody. Right. Everyone's it... doing it. Everybody's doing that it. That always worked when I was a Poor kid. Poor Donald Trump. I bet you Donald Trump feels like everybody's punching down. He's like, stop it. Probably. No, he doesn't. <laughs> He, he doesn't think anybody's above him to punch down. Exactly right. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a quick break that we'll be right back from. Audiobooks are great for helping you be a healthier you. And for our audience, Audible is offering a free audiobook with a 30-day free trial where you can get some rad books for you to help you. It's not all about science fiction and uh, fantasy, folks. There's a lot more to the world than that, especially in the world of Audible. Get motivated and learn something new. Audible has an audio book for that. And to get that free trial, all you have to do is go to audible.com slash filmsack or text filmsack to 500-500. How easy is that? Then you can browse their unmatched selection of audio content, download a title for free, and start listening. Why it's that easy. Millions of Audible members access performances by entertainers, magazines, amazing narrators, and uh, nothing but good experience with Audible in all the years I've been using it. I love it. I love WhisperSync. It lets me sync uh, an audiobook between what I'm reading on a Kindle, what I'm listening to on my phone, and what maybe my Echo uh, can read back to me, which is also a thing it does. It's fantastic. And uh, you can get this cool speed control, listen faster or slower. You guys, I know some of you at home like to do that with podcasts as well, so why not do it with your audiobooks? So here's the deal. Get a free audiobook with a 30-day free trial at audible.com slash filmsack or text filmsack to 500-500. That's audible.com slash filmsack or text filmsack to 500-500. By the way, this was three mo- uh back to the movie. Three movies uh that were this movie basically. This was this movie. It was a remake of Mr. Blanding builds his home, uh, sorry. Mr. Oh. Blanding's builds dream house in 1948. Uh, Please tell me that uh Barney Fife was the lead in that. <laughs> it's a good- Cuz I I looked at some of these. It's a remake of this movie. I don't know if I would say it's a remake as much as it just shares the content of somebody who builds a house and and stuff falls apart. There's no Right. It would be called the money pit you know, if it was a remake, in my opinion. Like usually, sure, that's I mean, how it, it be, works. You know, right? You'd have a you'd have a relationship that's underlying as part of this, and the the relationship is getting strained along with the house and and all that stuff. I think. Yeah, but, but right. I'm gonna let you, was I'm the, gonna was let you Don, finish. <laughs> was Don not uh, our Tom Hanks from the earlier times? You think was he enjoyable enough? No, to... no, he was never our Tom Hanks from an earlier time. I would say Jerry Lewis. Jerry Lewis. Jerry Lewis. Kind of, kind of, kind of handsome, but kind of, you know. Yeah, for me, it's more the, charm. who was the guy that was like, listen here, I don't know what you're talking about. What was that guy? Uh, Cary Grant? Cary Grant was more like Tom Hanks to me. Because he okay, was so always in a to, funny, loopy little to, movies. And, I guess I'm looking more at like the slapstick, the, the 80s Tom Hanks, which was like the Turner Hooch, Dragnet, right. Bachelor Party Tom Hanks versus that, the Captain young boyish. Yeah, I don't know who oh, it was, but I don't. I want to say I don't think I don't think it was Barney to... Fife though. Is what okay, I'm so saying. fill in the gap for me between Buster Keaton, Charlie Chaplin, the Marx Brothers, 
and Tom Hanks. Right. Uh, Fill in the gap. There's a big gap there. Well, I mean, yeah, there's a you huge know, gap. What we're probably arguing at the end of this is that Tom Hanks is a unique talent. Like he's he is okay. a, he, and and not only that, he was able to parlay that into something more and then something better and then something bigger. Treasure. And, con- and continues doing that. Like this was his not his was it his first yeah, it was. It was the first collaboration of Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg at this movie. And they'd go on to make really huge things and still do together. Like they were, you know, he was just in the post. Uh, he was, he uh, co-produces all kinds of content with Spielberg, including Band of Brothers and the Pacific and all that stuff. Uh, and his Oscar, uh, his Oscar nominated role on uh, Saving Ryan's Privates. Mm. <laughs> I'm always, I'm always curious when Spielberg is listed as producer, executive producer and how much, gets fed back in i i wonder how much hand holding went with richard benjamin on this did did you know would spielberg send him back a lot of times go you know what would be better is if you know you had the train come by and have the character standing on the on the you know the train yeah, station i don't know i wonder how much input they any the producer shot has. Be further back i'm just curious how how we how, know that we know that kathleen kennedy is like constantly all over any star wars things like Right. There's no there's no doing anything and having Kathleen Kennedy just show up and say, everyone doing OK. All right. See you later. Like she's doing daily. She's making sure everything's <laughs> adhering to whatever. So so there's probably a, that's probably a, a unique example. But I'll bet there's plenty of examples where executives are just like, yeah, just making sure the money didn't get, <laughs> you know, thrown right. away. And exactly. I felt like visually I felt like either Richard Benjamin had a similar idea of how visual things should happen or Spielberg was involved heavily because I felt like this had a lot of Spielberg kind of shots to it well we've done other movies mm-hmm. that he produced right and they all felt that way right. too to me like um mm-hmm. what was the other one we've well back to the future always felt that way to me that was an Amblin right. joint I'm, I'm trying really hard to not blame this film on Steven Spielberg like I saw his <laughs> name at the beginning and then I tried to forget it because it's it's clearly Didn't not happen. his movie I like, like this movie until the final third or the final quarter I think it's fine. It's a good time. I laugh. I la- I haven't laughed like this in a film sack movie in a long time. And and I, what, by that I mean like scripted humor, not like that piece of shit, The Room, or anything else that we've seen where I laughed because it's terrible. <laughs> I laughed out loud, genuinely. Like when he got sucked into the carpet, the sounds, the sounds oh he gosh, makes. Oh my gosh, the carpet. That was what I was going to ask. What is Tom Hanks's best? You know, yeah. Let's go movie. around. What's your what's your best Tom Hanks physical comedy in this movie? Uh, Dunaway likes the carpet. I, I love the, the carpet. It, that that whole scene, it just oh, it kills me. Also, his, I like his, his laugh. I like his T-Rex. La- yeah, his laugh when the when the tub falls the through is really good. Laugh is gonna be mine too. It's like yeah. his seal that, laugh. That almost feels like it was improv and not scripted and they just said just keep going roll with it keep yeah, going right. yeah right it well, did feel the, like that. the the sequence leading up to it is actually not funny like when the when the tub falls and smashes that's a fantastic shot by the way yeah uh and then you cut up to you're looking up at them through the hole you're like wow they nearly died yeah, yeah. and it's yeah. not funny yeah and so you have to do something right <laughs> yeah. right so and and he just uh it's just genius yeah. like what he does there is hard to believe yeah he's he, good i just can't believe i'm here to say that i think it's one of the better comedies we've covered maybe the best i think it's really funny like genuinely funny there are moments and i it, think i captured one of them but the guys that are helping him move in and they've got a mattress they're trying to get up over the balcony 
And she says, she says, keep going, keep going. And the guy goes, I feel like I'm going to die. There was something about that moment that like reminds me of every time I've had to move. And I, I laughed freaking out loud. My kids are in here going, dad, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm watching a movie from 1986. And for some reason, it's hilarious. Like, Relatable. Really funny. I don't know. I, I, Maybe I was in the right mood. But, but or then something. why does it seem like the movie like Randy said? It seems like the movie's three hours long. It's like it's an hour and a half, but it seems like three hours. Not to me. I mean, the last bit I thought was just forced and kind of like, oh, the relationship bit and we're getting it back together. And I don't know. I don't think it needed any of that. So, but so when it when there's it's a lot of hand waving in that, too, like yeah. there's a yeah. lot of of eh, this amount of time passes and they still haven't patched things up. I mean, that's a long time for four months or something that they finally do finish the house before the. The, oh, the house is finally completely done. Mm-hmm. And you know, there were like a few days of like, well, all right, yeah, we need to put that baseboard in and we need to paint this thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where, Nothing where interesting the, you know, happens yeah. in this part. Right, exactly. But the fact that we're supposed to believe, like, okay, they haven't really talked to each other or right. happen at the end of this. All right, we just leave. Is that it? Kind of thing. Yeah. That, that conversation is just <laughs> happening. Let's wait and we'll just discuss it as soon as the house is done. And yeah. he gives us the key. Yeah. No, it, it, the hand waving, <laughs> the hand waving annoyed me. That just the whole bottom bottom end of it bugged me. But everything up to then, I don't know. I found it well paced. I didn't feel like it was over long. I just feel like that last it, bit made it seem over long. It started out long to me. the The opening sequence and then the credits that 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 you know like thing where you play an, an entire song while you show me the credits and you show me things around town or whatever, mm-hmm. I just, uh, I was, I was in that frame of mind, like, Oh wow, this movie takes forever to do anything. Mm. Uh, the, obviously the Pratt falls happened fast, but there's just, I don't know. It just felt like the, the, the shots between. I think, stuff. yeah. And I think it was just a different time for, uh, you know, how you edited films. I think we were a lot more fast cut in our modern era mm-hmm. yes yes so, i was i was i was making a little mental list of my favorite screwball comedies of the last 15 years you know so like going back mm-hmm. to the early days of the bush administration i don't know why i just right. said that um the <laughs> and and at the top of the list it are euro trip and van wilder mm-hmm. and i i like i don't i don't have like strong feelings it's just i couldn't really come up with a lot of screwball comedies but they're like, if you look at them now, take a peek at Eurotrip, man. That movie does a lot in an hour and a half. Yeah, it right. really it's, goes places. But it's all like Wet Hot American Summer and uh, the Brewfest and the and like those are your great road, road trip. All the road, road trip, trip movies, right? And it, it, they that's the new screwball comedy. That's the new Pratt Folly kind of thing, that's or that was right. anyway. But I'm trying to think from like let's say 2010 and forward. I don't think we make these anymore. Oh, oh yes, we do. What You're are just we not going what, to see them? What are they? Yeah. Tell, give Freaking, me an, like bridesmaids. Holy shit, bridesmaids is amazing. I don't yeah, know, but yeah. I'd call that a screwball Pratt Fall comedy, though. Really? No, I'd call it a dirty. Anything art. with Melissa McCarthy is kind of a, a screwball Pratt Fall comedy. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. I guess maybe that. I guess you're right. And maybe at the time that you're getting them when they're new, they don't feel like they're going to feel later. Like that. That one will historically be seen that way, but as I don't know. It's hard for me to see the fifty best screwball comedy. The, bri- the bridesmaid sequence where Maya Rudolph shits herself in the street. 
is one of the greatest moments of screwball comedy of all right. time. But, but and, like, oh, like using sinks and stuff like that. But yes, I'm thinking right. like Porky's and, you know, like what the stuff we have when we were well, young. It, is has that, Seth Rogen like, kind of taken that mantle? Not right now. He's, of, pro- he's just producing know, uh, like, and stuff. He's making like mainstream content now. I don't think he's really. I mean, sure, you could say some of the. Uh, uh, what's his name? I uh, can't think of his name. Made Freaks and Geeks, and now he makes movies. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Apatow. 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 Maybe his yeah, movies I are. I don't think it's uh, screwball pratfall. I don't think it's physical comedy. I think Knocked Up is less, and, you know, like 40-Year-Old Virgin and stuff like that, is less um, uh, physical screwball comedy than something like this. Or So you're like saying that. screwball comedy died when Chris Farley died. Is that what you're... That's mm, what I'm saying. Maybe. But, but Beverly like, Hills Ninja. It took a heavy it. blow. I don't know if it died, but... <laughs> Yeah. Well, look, I mean, maybe we just don't make them uh, for for family audiences anymore. Maybe that's where I'm coming from is there's oh, plenty of ever re- make them for family. Well, audiences? Yeah, no. it was called yeah. the money pit. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's, like there were lots of movies that were very PG, very PG 13 that were screwball comedies like this, like other movies like it. And yes, there was rated R fair, but there was this demarcation today. They're all rated R. Name a comedy that's that fits anything you guys have just described that yeah. isn't R rated. I think Seth Rogen really ramp that up yeah, i mean yeah. I feel like when he came along things really got r and, on the comedy and side. ryan reynolds and you know yeah. the, these guys aren't have no fear of of taking it to the limit you know uh uh will ferrell is, it fits in that in that mold like anchorman yeah. is you know a, a kind of genteel for this discussion but it absolutely has you know some some adult themes some really adult themes Sure, uh, but but know. like Elf, so. Elf's a good example of of a return to what I'm talking about, and I know it's supernatural and holiday themed, so maybe that's in its own category. But but Elf feels like family think, appropriate screwball comedy to me. Mm-hmm. Probably yeah. evolved more into the action, the the screwball action comedy, right? Like the the Twenty One Jump Street and the Jackie Chan, oh. uh, Chris Tucker, uh, Rush Hour right. kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm and yeah. stuff like that instead of it being just a comedy about somebody living their normal life it's like all right well if we're gonna have screwball pratfalls and physical comedy let's make it will ferrell going to prison and and uh <laughs> kevin hart has to teach him how to be a tough guy in prison kind of thing. <laughs> right. uh what a great idea let's get on by that. the way by the way let's hope I, they never make a movie about that oh yeah. oh they did by the way, oh. i named uh i named euro trip and van wilder my favorite recent one is keanu you guys gotta watch keanu oh that is yeah that's a great yeah. movie did anybody see pop star no uh, always no, keep popping or always keep keeping on or whatever it's called yeah, uh, andy, yeah, andy yeah, andy sandberg never saw mm-hmm. it Oh, you know what though? Which Andy one Sam- of you was Andy He's made some movies like that. Like I forgot, Hot Dog is totally hot or hot. Sorry, Hot Rod is totally one of these that 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 is not rated R. Like it's it's oh my gosh, that's that's it. That's the movie I'm looking for. Is Hot is no, Hot Rod? Keanu's not streaming. I liked Hot Rod a lot. Hot Rod was so good. 2007 though, that's almost was 11 years old. Yeah, now, so. I couldn't tell if they were trying to make a movie that I would have loved as a teenager, but that's what they made. Is uh, one of yeah, those. and I. And it totally hit me out of nowhere because I wasn't planning on watching. I knew nothing about Hot Rod, and it just came on. And I was like, "Oh my god, yeah. this is my new movie." That's why I think I like Sandberg and Bill Hader, especially those guys bring to so me good. a sense of things that were funny when I was younger. And I don't right. know what that it's about. Like when uh, uh, what's his name Hader was just on SNL Saturday Night Live, and easily the best SNL of a very yeah, long time. It, oh, for oh, me. in a long time. Yeah, and it and it starts with him and Fred Armisen. 
and Fred Armisen is is impersonating Michael Wolf, the guy who wrote Fire and Fury. Yeah. Oh my God, it's so funny. <laughs> it's really I good. Was, the oh, entire oh thing God. is great, and he's always funny to the point that I just feel like he is a special. He is a special case that we need to take good care of. Keep him, keep him safe. He seems very stable, so that's fine. He's not self-destructive, but let's just keep Bill Hader safe. He's got that new HBO show where he's a hitman and wants to be a, a stage actor. Barry. I can't wait for that. Like, I love that guy. And it's because he embodies the the what I – it's everything I thought was funny when I was a kid is, right. is that guy. Bill Hader, good on you. Treasure. Yeah, <laughs> national treasure. Uh, did you notice that? Uh, so this did not pass me by. I and this is not in any of the trivia. This was just me going, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe they did this." And this is before Die Hard. Okay. Uh, oh, the the dude, the Amish uh, terrorist man. Good enough, Alexand- Alexander. Good enough. At the wedding, is up there playing "Ode to Joy." Is that the song? Yeah. I think that's the song in front of that crowd for the for the wedding. That whole thing that is a total diehard thing, man. Where they got the papers flying everywhere and they're in the vault finally and they get their stuff. That's a theme throughout Die Hard, and I loved that. And there was a variation on that theme as well. I think somewhere in the movie, there was a couple of musical things I couldn't quite put together. I felt like they were trying to say something, but so the opportunity too. Mm -hmm. They used uh, they used several classical songs that were that you know as pop songs is what what was scattered out throughout this movie. Oh, interesting. I hadn't really Um, noticed that. Shirks and almost everybody had a loud stereo in their car, and there was always playing something. And I was trying to piece those together with the different characters, especially the Shirks. They both had. different musical themes mm-hmm. i don't know they I, I don't know where they were going with that it's like they they started to do something and said eh, nah. did you I was surprised yeah. that while because uh, while uh, tom hanks is outside looking at the trees and stuff and he starts getting attacked by flies or bees or something <laughs> oh we're in the background. Sex scene. now that was hilarious <laughs> Shelley Long, and and you're you know you're you're basically looking at Shelley Long doing her thing, but out outside the window is Tom Hanks doing some great physical comedy. But the music, and they keep cutting back and forth to Alexander Goodenough is leading the orchestra, and why they didn't use Flight of the Bumblebee during yeah. that scene. Yeah, yeah it's not missed opportunity. Yeah, so, it's not it's not copywritten anymore. Especially it's, it's especially totally given that. that she's a violinist and Flight of the Bumblebee is a violin song, and right. and and they're they're doing some kind of they're they're you're hearing opera. But then they ultimately cut to him, and it, there's just a symphony on on the stage. There's no singers. Yeah, that was and weird. That, that bugged me. Yeah, yeah, that's a very good point. No, there's, he was such a dick as a director guy. There, there's one more thing that I couldn't quite unlock in this movie, and that's when they had uh, the bearded men group that wanted to call themselves uh, Meryl yeah, Streep. Meryl Streep. Yeah, the cheap right. girls. Yeah, the but, girls. by the way, they girls. they are the most they are the most chicken the bucket thing in the movie for me because I don't, what the <laughs> right. hell are they, they even they doing? They showed up at the end though, right? They did, but, but how? Yeah. But what, that's what that's just them in the du- right. bucket still. I don't know why they're in the bucket. <laughs> so, what are you doing in a bucket? Get out of the bucket! <laughs> and, that's, weird. Uh, and that's I know we've said it already, but it's such a trope to have everyone in the movie show up at the end, right? That trope, but that isn't trope it fun? Is, 
No, no, that no. Trope is it, it, old and busted. It's not, is it? Is it a trope, or is it kind of like, well, I don't want anybody saying they left somebody in the bucket. No, We're it's a trope. It's like this back. this reunion idea of of all the different right. plot people and all their everybody different conflicts. Everybody you come in contact with, I'm sure the the permit guy was probably. In are you that, talking or... about? Are you talking about Star Wars doing that? No, they don't do that. <laughs> they don't do that. They had a you metal ceremony. When they're having the medal ceremony, you don't see Death Star uh, pilot number six there in the audience, and you don't see the little I, I you don't see, see the that, little I robot. See somebody edit that in the I little the little box robot go me 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 me. He doesn't come up there. <laughs> exactly right. It doesn't have oh. that kind of thing going on. How many weddings but, are we doing? You know, like, there's none of that. But back to the back to the Meryl Streep thing. They they did not originally say Meryl Streep. I don't know what they said, but you can tell every time oh. somebody's supposed to say Meryl Streep is dubbed over with That's yep. in the trivia. Yeah. Is they it? Don't, okay. I don't yeah, it doesn't say what they originally said, but one person in the trivia said, Looks like they're saying the word bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh and then he then he went on to do the post with Meryl Streep. Wow. Anyway. How prescient. How very prescient indeed. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yes. All right, so Someday we're sh- going to play another captain, and there he's going to say, "I'm the captain now." Look at that! Oh my gosh! It's- oh, that reminds me. That's a movie <laughs> that's never streaming ever, and I want to see, but it's never streaming. I've never seen that one. The- oh wow, Captain! I'm sure it was streaming for a while. I what? remember seeing it at the top of Netflix for a while. Well, that guy that played the pirate and got a best supporting actor nomination, the uh, the African actor, he's in some other thing called Pirates something of the modern i don't know what it is it's some netflix thing and he's up in front and center every time i'm scrolling through like trying to look for movies i'm like oh there it is oh no this is some uh, uh, movie of opportunity where they're like hey what if we made you a pirate in another movie and it's not the one i want to see i want to see what's it called the, uh captain jackson what Cap- is it Cap- one with uh with uh, tom captain hanks phillips captain phillips that's it it's not jackson. that guy by the way uh uh, Barkad Abdi was also in uh, Blade Runner 2049 as Dr. Banter. Yeah, the one that was like, he was almost like a Q type character. He's making cool shit out in the streets. Wasn't that his deal? He could get you what you need, but he was oh, getting. Oh, okay. All right. Remember that when uh, J or K went out and talked to, was was out getting clues and he was yeah. in the shop going, I don't know what you mean. But he's like, he could, he was the guy that could get you what you need. He was like the red of, uh, of the prison in uh, Shawshank. It's like that. Anyway, hey, uh, what he wanted to do with a rock hammer? <laughs> we got to know what gross Scott out because there was so many grossable oh. moments in the money pit. Yeah. I have a guess. Okay, I I think it was when she, I think it was when Shelley Long was getting uh, was sleeping on that old lady's bed. Uh, that's, that's on the list, but it's not old, and it had the big old dent. I think yeah. it was uh, Josh Mostel from uh, Flounder from Animal House running and sweating like crazy and giving the indication that sweat was spraying off of him onto Tom Hanks' face. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, that, that is correct. Yep, that's correct. Was that it? Yep. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's oh, the only wow. thing that even came close because the mattress is a prop. Big deal. They're, uh, oh, you know the other thing that was potentially gross but only in my imagination is I assume Tom Hanks was in that carpet trap for a long, long time and if, <laughs> how, yeah. if he had to poop himself or something, like that's all I could think about is like, dude, that guy's yeah. got to poo. You guys, get him out I can't of think of a better time to poop than if you're wrapped in a carpet. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a perfect time that's to like, do it. That's like wearing a big giant diaper. I mean, it makes sense. Oh, when she undid it and so it went then, flying through the floor, I laughed my freaking <laughs> out. 
splash. That's so funny. Yeah, I wondered if they if they had a shot of him falling and didn't use it for whatever reason because it felt like the payoff was missing. I don't know. I think it was better without him without seeing yeah. it. I think we'd already was... seen it. We already seen him on his back a couple of times, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. The the bit where he falls onto the broken stairs that. Mm. That kills the man. That mm-hmm. does not. Right, right. That, like, I just, I couldn't believe they depicted that. Yeah. Yeah. You know when he got, when he landed, I had this thing where I wanted to hear him go, eh, eh. <laughs> like the guy from uh, from Stripes. Do you remember that? When the guy uh-huh. fell down and yeah. made those yeah. sounds. <laughs> right. I love that guy. It's one of my favorite things we ever recorded here. And I didn't give it a good name, so I can never find it, but it's somewhere in here. Um, let's, uh, let's get to it here. We got a bunch, a few, a handful. Here's one. Uh, I don't know what this is. <laughs> Horrible labeling. And so here it is. Oh, I just like the wedding lady at the beginning. Cause she yeah, said beja three times and I mean, beja, beja nueva. Yeah. yes, yes, boy, she's Brazilian. Yeah. You can really tell a Brazilian times over. Yeah. Why not? Why not just get a Brazilian to, to, play that part i don't get that how much that, is a brazilian oh sorry that's yeah that that <laughs> scene was interesting because they obviously you know had like a long shot maybe some stock footage but then the rest of it was like super close up so oh that you could see i see it, yeah. they didn't go to brazil to film no it. Okay. no they just they just they just shot that somewhere and they got every, real close to everybody yep there, also yeah, that so girl just, was what just, 18 and he was like 65 what are you doing there yeah. man okay yeah. all right yeah we got it. Yeah, you're old. She's young. Go it, for it. it. It didn't. It didn't make a joke there though, which was was surprising to me because like, there's there's a lot of funny jokes about old men, you know. Mm, right. Sure. I don't know. It, whatever. I'd still say this whole sandwich of the dad issues was a complete waste of time, I, and none of that it was. really was needed. Totally. I disagree. I think, like I said, I I think otherwise. I don't know. You would think maybe the universe was being too mean to him. But we needed to have a reason for him to be attacked so often. The universe was still being mean to him. If the universe is really bent on getting karma right. against Tom Hanks' dad, why not? But the, the universe needed to have a karmic reason, well, right? It need to have it need to have a reason to. Yeah, to but they undercooked him. the reason. I didn't know anything about that guy or what he was doing or why we even had to talk to him. It, it, they just didn't explain. It. It's yeah, like they, the kid. About it. It's like the rich music kid he had to borrow money from. The, none of that was explained. It was just no, like and, and, assumed. That was it. You, you do this movie again, and you make it so that all the people that have kind of taken advantage of Tom Hanks as their as their lawyer slash tax uh, maker, tax doer, <laughs> tax maker, <laughs> tax maker, like all all the, and you know they've kind of taken advantage of him, but he's always the nice guy. Oh, I'll take care of this for you. Blah 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 blah. They come and rescue him in the end by by stepping right. in and helping him get his house fixed. Yeah. That, right. That's how you hey, do exactly. This they come in, they drop like some money in a hat, and they all come by. I remember the time he. Kind of like, then an angel, then an angel gets his wings. Yeah. So By the way, I, I I wanted to give the cha- I wanted to give listeners a chance to grab this. Uh, I didn't notice this, but uh, Dunaway put in their in our uh, Discord chat. Uh, this is all you have to Google, everybody. Just Google the following words: five bastard kids from the eighties. I want right. to, I I want to punch in the face. This is a great list, and number five is that kid from this movie. And yeah, I know you were yeah. saying this, but That's I didn't right. realize you had like an actual link to this. This is great. Well, sometimes I link stuff. Yeah, no, this is good. Uh, the problem child dad, kid. Correct, it's that problem child kid. And wow. Look, oh. at, yeah. Look at him now. Remember Small Wonder? It's like Problem Adult. <laughs> <laughs> they should make a sequel called Problem Adult. Right. And it's and just Jason, this kid. 
Yeah. I would love to see that. Yeah. Jason Hervey, that, that that guy from the Wonder Years, the brother, the older brother from Wonder Years, man, he was always such a, he was the go-to guy for being a jerk. Oh, I hated that kid and his dumb hair. Yeah. Oh, that kid is the worst. That's all streaming somewhere now. Where was it? Hulu, yeah. maybe? Anyway, I may I may have to dig into that show. I used to love it. Uh, all right, sorry. Uh, where were we? Here, here's one. The Yakov Shmirnov shows up. What you do? You stayed in bed all the time. Didn't look for apartment. You don't look for apartment. <laughs> you stayed in bed all the time, and they kind of admit that they did that. They kind of, kind of like, oh yeah, you know, just uh, maybe. I wonder if he knew then that he was going to be in Br- Branson, Missouri, the rest of his life. I wonder if he knew that. That's where right. he defected to. Yeah, he's, he's defected. <laughs> sanctuary. He yelled when he got Branson, to Branson, Missouri. Now sanctuary. What the country? <laughs> <laughs> uh here here we go this is uh i said this is crazy cheap for soho to me so you guys tell me if this seems cheap oh i looked at a loft in there a few years ago is a 350 dollars a month it's probably gone up but soho 350 a month let's say eisenhower's president right uh 350 a month in soho right. is low that's the right so he's that was they're the making joke. the joke that the realtor is so far behind the times yeah that eisenhower, eisenhower was president when he got his price oh is that what he was saying with the food yeah. in his mouth yeah oh yeah. all right and they're speaking of chicks in the bucket there's room for that guy the 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 fat heart attack guy that was trying. is there room i mean what was the point was of that whole much. side story what was the point of him nothing I right, and that's and that's one of the reasons why I get in my conspiracy theories. Is I'm like, what was his role exactly? Because he was a he was driving everything, so he's like a contact. I mean, otherwise we don't all see this wouldn't him. have happened. We see his hand, like maybe he's supernatural, is what you're getting at. He's the agent, either supernatural of- or possibly an agent of the mafia, and you know he's trying to recover the money that was that was embezzled and stolen. I, I can't. I, Quite put together, I don't know what his deal like. was. Yeah, but that's like I say, all that stuff undercooked. Get to the house, you got a you got a good funny movie. After that, um, do we see him again at the wedding? Is he? Is he? Oh God! <laughs> no, he's <laughs> dead. The great reunion. Right? <laughs> he's probably dead. Or he's had a heart attack. He's on the floor. You can't see. <laughs> probably him. he's on his right. eighth or ninth, whichever one. Yeah. Uh, here's what's this? Anyway. <gasps> Here he comes. Oh yeah, that girl, dude. Here he comes. She was so into seeing uh, the terrorist show up. <gasps> here he comes. Oh my gosh, dude. Max Maestro is here. <laughs> oh, Jeez. So it's loud. like fear, like not a, not an excitement, but yeah. like a uh, yeah. Run. And she says it so loudly. <gasps> here he comes. It's just hardcore. Anyway, here's that guy showing up. It's a great pleasure to be back with you again. I'm sure you feel the same. When I left, you were the finest orchestra in the world. God knows what a season under the heavy hand of my esteemed colleague has wrought. Let us assess the damage. What a penis. He's a penis. I did not. not, Walter. (laughs) They're trying so hard to make you hate him. He is is so the room. Like, I didn't think about it until now, but you're right. It's, he sounds just like he sounds like uh, Franco doing Tommy Wiseau. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. That's right. Oh, I still need to see that too, and I haven't seen it yet. Everyone's seen everything but me. That's my deal. Uh, everyone has seen everything. Uh, everything. S- sweat. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Could you sweat the other way, please? <laughs> there it is. Sweat the other way, please. So I want that. you to capture that audio noise that you just made. Yeah, sweat. Yeah. <laughs> 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 he did capture it. He's capturing all of this. Don't worry. Yeah. We'll get it back yeah. later. Now, you guys may not have heard this scene or may have just gotten past you, but I want you to listen very carefully with how this one went. So here you go. 
Did you hear that? <laughs> I couldn't help it. Made a little fart sound. Did you hear that? All right. Uh, how wow. about how about this one? This is Tom Hanks hurting his thumb. This made me laugh. Here you go. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny. It is good. It's, it's like the laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it makes my thumb hurt that he did a really good job. Here's something about fingers. Honey, you're on my fingers. Oh. Oh, <laughs> oh that's right. He's ho barely holding on. She's standing on his hand. Yeah. Here's that mover guy. I freaking love this guy. I feel like I'm going to die. <laughs> Maybe laugh really I thought that was so funny. It was something about just the timing and I don't know. That's hard to do. Whatever it is that, that made that work is hard to do, and it worked. He's one of several things in the film that feels like it's it, like out of the Three Stooges or something. Yeah, mm. yeah, I like that a lot. All right, here's uh oh, it's we want the monies guy. Oh yeah, well, I'm sorry. She didn't say nothing about being married. I just thought she was good looking wool. What does that mean, good looking wool? <sighs> yeah, you want to you want to put it on, right? So I mean. Really? That's the idea. Is it? Right? I don't know. I don't I've know. never heard that in my know. life. I never I, heard wool used as a uh, as a euphemism I, for women. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't, I Googled it because that's what I thought too. I'm like, is that a term? And nothing. Nothing came up except for this movie. So I'm assuming it's just something that. Well, they were Show smoking the crack because she's wearing like up. a she's wearing like a wool sweater, maybe, and and that, that was supposed You're to be. You're looking wool. You want to put it on. You want to put it on. That's what you want to do. I guess that's what sense. it is. Here's uh, the turkey being done. Well, the turkey's done. No turkey popper ever sounds like that. By the way. <laughs> well, the it turkey's a, done. It's a little. It's a. It's an adorable little sound, though. It made me want uh, turkey. Yeah, <laughs> that turkey. <laughs> the turkey scene was pretty. You know, they were pretty. The Rube Goldberg moments. I didn't like the one outside with him face planting it in the plaster and then he's half yeah, blind walking around. That was a little dumb. But mm -hmm. the kitchen thing, I liked the whole kitchen sequence, including the turkey flying across the yard and going through the window. I thought that was funny. You know what? You know what it was. I think they got a little bit of Peter Sellers' uh, magic oh, juice in this. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. That's where I think that stuff worked for me, is because I used to laugh my head off at the physical stuff in those Peter Sellers' Pink Panther movies, and right, in right. this movie, I think captured it. The whole thing with the turkey. There's something about the timing and the sound and the and the look on faces that made that stuff work for me. It felt a little bit like Chevy Chase and vacation movies for me, like mm. almost like they, you know, they had to work extra hard to not do the exact same, you know, bits. Yeah. The mm -hmm. blessing. All right. Let's do the next. Uh... <laughs> Here's the long laugh. So here you go. In fact, it's the longest laugh in the history of film sack, period. Straight up. No, no laugh has ever been this long. It's 30 seconds, so I'm playing the whole damn thing. I promised Good deal. three or four uh, listeners out there, including you, uh, Monica, if you're listening, uh, this is the entirety of that scene. Here you go. Hurt after a while, right? God, it had to hurt. <laughs> have to hurt. Oh my God, I love that. Like you'd take the next week off to recover your voice. Yeah, um, you need a lot of interest to fight after that. Yeah, that was mm. bad. Okay, um, we like movies that say their own name, so I captured that. 
I am sinking fast into the money pit, and I don't want to drag you down with me. So save yourself while there's still time. Ah, uh, the money pit. Save yourself. Uh, the foreman uh, comes in. How long will the job take? Two weeks. Two weeks? Two weeks? You sound like a parakeet there. Two weeks? Two weeks? <laughs> you sound like a parakeet. Keats don't repeat people. No. Yeah, parrots do. Yeah. No. I, I beg to differ, sir. Wait, parakeets, parakeets don't repeat things? Yes, they do. No, they yes, don't. They do. You put them in the mine. Oh, that, no, that's a... Uh, yeah, that's a canary. A canary in the yeah. coal mine. Yeah, the things you don't know about birds. <laughs> I'm not much oh, of an yeah, ornithologist. Yeah, yeah, that's never mind. Parrot, I, yeah, parakeets parrot. may not be as good at mimicry as parrots, but they are quite good. Is it ornithology? That's the bird lover thing. <laughs> yeah, you bird lover. Isn't it? Nothing about a bird lover. Listen here, see? <laughs> Some kind of bird lover, see? Uh, here's uh, uh, my chest. Yeah. I, I'm here. My, my chest is constricted. I can't shout. <laughs> love it. I love that whole bit. Except, Tom Hanks is so much better at the thing that Matthew Perry was trying to do in the whole nine yards. I agree. Yeah. Yep. Totally. But agree. at this point, by the time the whole nine yards go along, Tom Hanks is a little bit too old for that part. Yeah. Well, and also, like this movie puts him at risk a lot more than other subsequent movies we've talked about and their main actors. Like. Tom Hanks is willing to, uh, he's willing to get, you know, to hang from a, a balcony. He's willing to take a fall in plain sight. Like, it's kind of impressive. Yeah, he'll go full, uh, not Buddy Hackett. Who was the old silent film actor? I don't know, but I would love to see Buddy Hackett do that. That would be great. <laughs> and he wouldn't get past Sign his ankles, up, dude. Oh, Buster Keaton. Buster Keaton. Yeah, why was I thinking Buddy Hackett? All right. Uh, I, I also laughed out loud Buddy. at this. This made me laugh out loud. I've been here so long, I'm hallucinating. A while ago, I thought the Care Bears were here. <laughs> that made me laugh so hard. It was so non sequitur. Like, I thought the Care right. Bears were here. Oh my gosh, that made me let's laugh. Just, let's just name something that was popular for the kids in 1986. I guess. Right. Maybe okay. it works better now, you know? Because the Care it Bears are for me. Care Bears are far enough away from me now that that's funny just because you mm. brought it up. But back then, it would have been kind of part of the culture, so maybe it wouldn't have been as good. But. Anyway, there's that. Punky Brewster was here. <laughs> I thought insert 80s trope was here. Um, here's a what? I, are you awake? I don't know what this is. Walter. Walter. Are you awake? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, made me that made me laugh though. The way he repeated his name. Yeah. <laughs> that is really good. <laughs> I'm a big fan. If you do it right, I'm a big fan of people to get woken up uh, prematurely yeah. and then they they bark out something. I think that's yeah. funny. Now, mm -hmm. you know, they, they, they did a lot of things right in this movie because they really got relationships in some degree correct and, you know, the, the stress of, of owning your own house and reconstruction. But I think they really got that, nailed that right. Having those confessionals in the middle of the night, I've been involved in those conversations that you go to bed arguing and someone finally wakes up and, you know, has to continue the argument. And you're kind of like, I don't care. I don't care. I just want to go back to sleep mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, you know, and then finally you get to the point that you're awake and they've already went back to sleep. And I just felt like that really was, I've been yeah. in that situation. Mm -hmm. I agree with you and I'm way overthinking it, but I don't like how he suddenly converted into someone who didn't believe in her and needed her to confess. Mm. It just wasn't right. realistic to me. I realize it's not a realistic I, film. 
Right. Then they should have started that from the from the beginning because already yeah. whenever it when they when they were living in uh, Max's house or apartment, I was already thinking, man, you have to be super jealous. Why didn't he already express that? Because Max could provide something that he couldn't, which was financial stability. Why wasn't this a bigger issue for him up until the end? Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. Well, miss opportunity. It's a life's full of those. Here's a final clip, 10 seconds long. I don't remember what it is. Here it is. Smooth strokes. Up and down. Bang. Don't tickle. And don't smoke. All right. That's great. Don't tickle. Don't Was this tickle. before or after Mr. Miyagi? <laughs> uh, like a minute. I think it was like a minute before, right? That was after because that was 84. Was it? This is 86. Huh? Oh, yeah. So it was. Okay. Yeah everything's you know what's weird oh speaking of karate kid yeah have you guys seen the latest trailer for the cobra kai YouTube Red. yeah dude. yeah yeah i'm, all I'm in. signing up i want it i want it my life i'm not, I'm not signing have, up for youtube red just for that i'm doing it and i'll tell you taking the fan theory that daniel larusso was the bad guy in karate kid and flipping the the script like that. Well, I'm I not sure that, that's not what they're doing though. What they're doing is I don't know. Is, that's that's the way they're marketing it right now. Well, what I've and read, I want to see what they're. What marketing. I've read is what they is that he had a turnaround back then, right? And went, oh yeah, I've been up to no good, and my teacher sucks, and I shouldn't have been this way, and so I have some, you know, I have some internal uh, redemption to go through here, and now I'm going to open my own place, reopen the Cobra Kai thing. And teach a bunch of kids how to fight karate. That's my take. I don't think it's like, but not just a bunch of kids, the downtrodden kids, but for the wrong reasons. Mm. What's that? Yeah, but he's this is the first. Has he worked since? Like that kid who played the blonde jerk, Billy Zapka. Yeah, Yeah, Billy Zapka. What's Mm -hmm. he? What's he done since? uh, Been every con you've ever been to. Billy Zapka. (laughs) He's played Billy Zapka about a half dozen times on How I Met Your Mother. (laughs) Yeah. Oh right, I never watched that. So yeah. Hey Ebbett. Yes, sir. Like and subscribe. You got yeah. a problem with that? <laughs> what is up, YouTube? Hey, everybody. What is like and subscribe. Up? What is up? It's your old. It's your old. It's your boy. I hate that stuff. Yes. Yeah. Freaking hate it. All right. Well, that's a good place to you show to... you how to cook a turkey and get that little turkey popper button to come out. Turkey's done. Look at it. It's a film sack checklist. It's written on a napkin today. Hear that? Sounds like it's written on aluminum foil. Yeah, or, or like a plastic bag. It's written on white noise. This helps you sleep. Sounds sound like you just got back from Walgreens. Yeah, could be. Oh, yeah, totally, dude. <laughs> right in. Yeah, Good call. Right. Um, film cheap plastic bags. Here it is. Being trapped in the floor made me want to pee. Check. That's true. I actually had to pee. <laughs> Uh, Shelly Long is Diane, and I can't see her as anything else. Check. And finally, expected the dad from TGIF to show up any second and off the blonde terrorist. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Star Trek Connections. We have a few here, actually, surprisingly. Uh, these are from Daryl. Thank you, Daryl, for these. Z Ma mm-hmm. played Huang, and TNG played a bio. <laughs> bio- <laughs> Huang, like I WH that one. It's, well, it's literally H W A N G, so I assume it's Huang, right. but I don't know. I uh, played a specialist in the episode Samaritan Snare. That's the one with the packlids going, make it go, that whole thing. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, Mike Starr was in this. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, played Lenny. That's not the same Mike Starr, though. 
the it's not okay I'm not thinking martin star no i saw y- it yeah well there's another mark mike star that this also is not but anyway played tony cc in the episode bada bing bada bing on ds9 i'm sure that was some holodeck freaking we're back in the 40s with the mob deal <laughs> back in the 40s with mob deal uh alan ashtould played the volkswagen driver in tng Ashtold! he played uh, an episode in gambit uh he was in voyager twice guy got around and finally nope that's all soundtrack grade given an okay for okay it was fine you did all right yeah i don't it's not notable but it's you know other than the the ode to joy thing i think it was pretty standard pedestrian yeah, it wasn't stuff bad. yeah it fit the it fit the movie i think that's i i think that's actually a compliment when you can you know make it either when it, sometimes the soundtrack's so good it stands out too much sometimes when it's bad it ruins the movie and then there's times where it's mm-hmm. just there and does its job it's very efficient you know no hoopla just got the job done and i think that's what this was that's a good point. There are, are there are like scores or maybe even just tracks that like outshine the rest of the movie, mm-hmm. like that for that opening track in Dragonheart or like the score for Roxanne. If you, if you ever watch oh, Roxanne so good. Mm-hmm. with Steve Martin, the scoring is too good for the movie. Yeah, it's so good. I love. I actually really liked Roxanne back in the day. Good movie. I wonder if it's any good now. Probably not. I think it is. I think it held up. Well, let's see if we'll, uh, we'll find out on film side. Maybe we will. No. Uh, no. Let's find out in the next little bit here if you guys can take 280 characters and make a fantastic summation of this film. Let's start with Randy. The Money Pit. Tom Hanks and Shelley Long are in mortal peril, and they don't walk away from the danger for reasons. Reasons <laughs> that are supposed to be funny. Funny, like a bunch of guys watching you have sex. Just like a Saturday night at Ibbett's house. <laughs> Weird neighbors. That's what we call that. Right. Weird neighbors. Or crazy no. neighbors, sorry. Crazy neighbors. Uh, well, I should, weird ones, too. I should say this, uh, because that reminded me of something. Now I forgot. Never mind. Uh, then comes Brian Dunaway. Oh, the money pit. This movie won't forgive me, and I can't forgive this movie for that. You duck fart. <laughs> oh, yeah, duck fart. I meant to capture that. Hey, by the way, that's what I was going to say. Um, they don't get into the fact that now he's in it, it. He's in debt for the rest of his life. Like, there's no way that this isn't just like the most expensive thing the characters in that movie ever have to right. pay off ever. Like, right. Well, but he has the ability to earn money quickly, right? I guess. Entertainment lawyer. Does Honestly, he? they could turn around and sell that house for way more than what they purchased it for and what they put into it. If, if you know kind of based on like what it looks like they put into it yeah well they love that house yeah and and by the way they never really capitalized on the old car mm-hmm. that like oh yeah lincoln it, there were all sorts of opportunities for that to also yeah. endanger them and try to kill them yeah that car worked that's true i the whole time i was when thinking drove it, it to the train station yeah i thought it would have a problem but it didn't it, got people it smoked some but it it seemed to work yeah they could have lived in a much smaller house because we only ever saw four rooms in that house. That's true. <laughs> they could have been. They would have been fine be selling their B&B. house and getting something smaller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. They could be an Airbnb. Oh, Airbnb it totally. Uh-huh. There you go. Yeah, That's how they make all that money back. That's the answer. Money. Smoke weed every day. All right, great. <laughs> uh, let's say that we now end with Brian Ibbett. Ah, uh, the money pit crap. The money pit. This is the worst <laughs> HGTV show I've ever seen. <laughs> Oh, wow. 
You haven't you haven't watched much HGTV then. I uh, actually was hoping that that's what you know, was going to be your intro, like a like a twist of like that. HD, yeah, like uh, yeah. Mike and and Louise are moving in for moving out of the uh, city yeah. for the. Yeah. <laughs> to the I country. swear to God, I swear to God, guys, there's an HGTV show where they sell houses to people who just won the lottery, and it is the worst thing that's ever been put on TV. Ooh, it is so that's bad. That's high praise. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> Worst thing that's ever been put on TV. Yeah. yeah oh, it's so bad. That is high praise. Um, all right. Well, that brings us to this. Praise. Oh, <laughs> shit. I'm oh, sorry. It's uh, oh, also on a napkin. Uh, this is the uh, <laughs> this is the alternate titles. This movie was almost called The Sweaty Pit instead of The Money Pit because there was a scene in this thing where Tom Hanks had the sweatiest pits. It's like, dude, get a shower. Not as bad as Josh Mustel, but still pretty bad. Good point. And then, uh, or it was almost called Try Hard. <laughs> ah, uh, got it, because they're trying hard, trying hard, but it's like Die Hard, because, you know, that yeah, one guy was yeah. in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, emails, that's where you guys send us emails, filmsack at gmail.com. We got uh, two of them. One of them actually is from the Filmsack blog, and one is an email. And I'll read the email first, and then the blog comment. Uh, James Roden says, hey, just re-listening to old shows and on the Leprechaun in Space episode of Film Sack. It wasn't called that, though. What was that movie called? Leprechaun. Leprechaun 4? Yeah, Leprechaun 4, 4. Oh, Space. But did right. it have a colon and then a subtitle? I don't remember. Really? Did we? Wow. They all have it. I think it was right? just Leprechaun 4. Oh, I'm going to have to find this now. Do we have a search okay. yet? Hey, How long ago was that? Because I, I have blocked that out. I remember the oh, Leprechaun... With right. the uh, with Jennifer Aniston, we saw Jennifer two Leprechaun Aniston. movies, didn't we? Mm-hmm. I thought we only saw one. I didn't think we saw Leprechauns in Space, but that might just be me. I've seen that movie many times, especially on St. Patrick's Day weekend. They always seem to be playing that I, somewhere. I remember our episode for Leprechaun in Space very well. Yeah. It was a very memorable, good episode. I need a the so filmsackstats.com guy. If you're listening, we need a, we got to get a search in here, man. I need a search. That's what I need. Yeah. Everything else in this is yeah, beautiful, but I need Leprechaun a search. Leprechaun four in space. Uh, by the way, now some quick stats. I forgot to mention these because this is all part of the FilmSack stats page when we get the latest movie. He puts it up there before we even record. Um, Joe Montagna, this is our second film of his. Uh, Critical Condition, or sorry, third. Critical Condition from 87 and Thinner were our first exposures to mm-hmm. him. Tom Hanks, this is our third movie. Dragnet and Da Vinci Code. Uh, Michael Jeter was from Tango. Michael Jeter. Yeah, he was in this. Tango and Cash Drop Zone and Waterworld. One of the greatest films of all time. Uh, Michael Russo, he mentioned. He was Toxic Avenger, Barbed Wire, and National Treasure have all been movies we've seen him in. So there you go. And good enough. I feel, I feel yeah. like we're in a real screw that email kind of mode right now. We just kind of... Sorry, I got excited. Uh, but anyway, so he says this. The Leprechaun in Space uh, thing. Scott predicts the new Star Trek being written by Quentin Tarantino, kind of. Uh, you said you wanted to see a space movie written by him. Just thought it was funny. Keep up the good work. All the Frog Pants shows are very and highly entertaining, although he spelled shows shoes by accident, so it says all the Frog Pants shoes are highly entertaining. James, thank you. I agree. All my shoes are very entertaining. Uh, uh, Yeah, no, once in a while this happens. Uh, When you do enough shows, enough podcast episodes, you start to predict the future. It's kind of like how they always say The Simpsons predicts everything. They have an episode where Toys R Us goes out of business. They have an episode where... Trump becomes president. They have an episode where, um, what was the other one? Some other major thing happened. Uh, they always seem to predict predict the yeah. future. 
but it's, it's but it's because so you're many. cherry picking. And if you just had a list of all right. the things they predicted, you'd find most of it didn't come to pass. Right. Like it's just this huge. It's just the vast fact that they've library. done so many episodes over so many years. Yeah. So yeah. it's. I guess what I'm saying is it's a it's a nod in the direction of how rad film sack has been and how long it's run that now we're starting to have enough content that you can cherry pick some predictions which is great uh ebert wrote in from this film sack blog this is not robert uh, roger ebert he has since he has passed this is not him uh says this uh excuse me just okay listen, just yeah, yeah. <laughs> well thank you thank you for your comment <laughs> he says how do you spell that <laughs> uh it's spelled ebert uh it says anyway it says uh just listen to the dukes of hazard sack I have always enjoyed the Frog Pants shows. However, it's always, oh, it's boy. always an hour. However. He says, I need um, to point out one. Shoe. Yeah, there's the other shoe. How I, uh, or now I need to point out one fact. There was one black guy in Dukes of Hazard. This is it. We were talking about yeah. how there was never any black We knew people. there was. What? Didn't we know that? I don't think we did. Or at least there's we didn't There's all the say. rap stars that, that, uh. Yeah, they see in Atlanta. There's no, 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 not the movie. The show, the TV. Well show. portrayed. How about that? Oh, okay. he, he means the TV show, not the movie. Because because oh. we, we had said that in the show, the TV show, there was never a single black person. I think is a comment we made. Um, and I don't remember any, but he says there was Sheriff Little of Chicksaw County, an adjacent county. He was the one guy. Bo and Luke uh, was straight up with what? He was the one guy. Bo and Luke was straight up with most of the time, and Boss Hog never messed with huh. him. Says only reason why I noticed this because growing up as a black kid watching television, you kind of notice these things. Uh, LOL, mm-hmm. says Ebert. So, A, I love that we have a diverse listening audience. They're not all just ugly white guys like us, right? Nah. <laughs> and B, that's a good point. I'd forgotten all about Sheriff Little in that show completely. Now that he says it and I see the name, I'm like, oh, yeah, there was that guy. But I, he wasn't on very often. And it was kind of like a shelbyville simpsons kind of thing where you hardly ever heard of chicksaw county unless there was some kind of cross county business going on so there you go cross county appreciate that ebert um he spells it e-b-u-r-t it's kind of cool and uh that's it for emails you can send us your email conversations questions whatever's to filmsack at gmail.com we do check the blog though so once in a while we'll pull something out of there and occasionally you guys will send them in other places we'll try to get them on twitter that sort of stuff so keep them coming. We love your feedback. It's always great. What is our next film, Randy Jordan? So uh, we're we're trying to figure out when we're going to record. But when we do, it's going to be Batman Returns, guys. Oh, my Lord. Batman Returns. Wow. That is fantastic. Why did I think it was something else? Oh, no, you're right. It is Batman Returns on the list. Cypher, Catwoman, Danny DeVito. Yep. It's It's Easter weekend for us. Who else so, is in that? Wait, you, you know we're gonna we're gonna make this happen, but you guys need to spend your Easter holiday watching Batman Returns. Yeah, <laughs> that's what? a classic tradition. Oh yeah, no, home. yeah, you go uh, the for the folks that go, you know, they go to church twice a year. They go for Easter, mm-hmm. they go for Christmas, and then they go home. They have a big turkey dinner, <laughs> and then they watch Batman Returns every time. Three they times. Watch, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer lick uh, Michael Keaton's bat nose. Oh, I forgot. Are you already? Are you foreshadowing already? You're, yeah, you're foreshadowing the gross moment. Well done. That's <laughs> disgusting. Oh, I got a question for you guys before we go. This is unrelated, but you reminded me of it. I need advice. May as well ask you guys first, then listeners can chime in. And I may ask it again on Monday's TMS. My cat likes to lick my nose. Okay, mm. like Catwoman did for uh, mm, for Batman. So salty. <laughs> sure. My cat has what I can only explain is the worst. To return the favor. Well, the oh, sorry, worst possible case of like 
cat halitosis I've ever experienced. Catatosis. It's yeah. really, really bad. And I mean really bad. Every cat, you know, or dog has got a little bit of a breath thing, but this is something else. You can smell it when she enters the room. It's so bad. Or he. Perhaps you should <laughs> remove the cat's tonsils. Well, that's my question. What do, I, what do you do? And I know okay. there's sprays and there's some other bullshit. There's, you can change uh, their food, have them try a different food for a month and see if that improves it. Yeah. Um, there's also there's also this really interesting thing called a veterinarian. Yeah. That, that you should Boy, visit. You want to well, talk about a money pit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say my own personal money pit would be the vet. I mean, I, yeah, we could do that, but I don't it's not like the cat's got any other issues. He just has the worst breath. It's the worst. Yeah, yeah, There's a section of webmd called pets.webmd. There probably is or some sort right of site here I could is go a to. a link to bad breath and cats and halitosis. Bad breath cat. Cat. Oh, look at this. There's some treats you can get. Maybe that's a thing to try. Oh, treats are always the answer. Got diabetes? Treats. Treats. (laughs) Cats called Kit Cats. Oh, here you go. Pets.webmd.com, Brian. I'm not kidding. Yes, he linked it to you. Oh, I didn't see that. Sorry, I didn't see it in there. Yeah, I was just searching around, and I thought you were kidding. There literally is a... I had no idea there'd be a Pets WebMD. I honestly was in the process of looking for Ralphie from The Simpsons going, my cat's breath smells like cat food. (laughs) (laughs) I love that one. Ralph's the best. Anyway, it's... The process of finding that, I found that. It it does say that there's... When is it time to see the vet? Okay, I'll have to look at it. Unusually sweet or fruity breath can indicate diabetes, but I'm not getting diabetes. that. Anyway, whatever. I was, uh, thanks for the advice. That's going to do it for us, everybody. Uh, next week, uh, we don't know when we're recording. We don't know when this is happening, but we know that the next movie is Batman Returns. So watch the damn thing, and then you'll get it when you get it. Uh, filmsack.com is the website to visit and leave your comments, find all the stuff you need. All that stuff is right there. For some reason, the sidebar stuff won't let me change Brian Dunaway's correct Twitter account. To Yay! Be, it still says Aww. Mission Deep, which is super dumb, and I don't know why I won't. A lie. Uh, so I'm I'm just gonna try to fix that. But he's really the Brian Dunaway. If anyone was wondering, there's of course Randy <laughs> Deluxe, uh, Coverville for Brian and Scott Johnson for me, and uh, again the Brian Dunaway, not Mission Deep. That is long gone. Does not exist anymore. Uh, you can uh, what else? Email us filmsack at gmail.com and you can find us on Twitter at filmsack. That's gonna do it for us, for me, for Brian, for Brian, and for Randy. We'll see you next time. (laughs) This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Here he comes!